You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. 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 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Live on the Exeter Sports Network, it's Exeter Eagles football. Sponsored by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center. On the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies Inn and Mikey LeBron Realtor. Tonight, it's your Exeter Eagles venturing down 422 to take on the Lebanon Cedars. Now to the broadcast booth. Here are your announcers, Darren Ziner and Ryan Lineweaver. Good evening. Welcome to the Exeter Eagles pregame show on the Exeter Sports Network, sponsored by Ole Valley Feed. We'll have all the action between your Exeter Eagles and the Lebanon Cedars at the top of the hour. But first, these messages, you're listening to the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Ole Valley Feed is the area's best place for pet food and supplies and so much more. Featuring all the prime brands and your pet's favorite food. They also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products. Plus, chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks too. Ole Valley Feed carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All of this in unmatched customer service. That's Ole Valley Feed. 143 Cleaver Road in Ole, on the web at olevalleyfeed.com and on Facebook. The son of Jennifer Scaramazzino and Wiki Peleus and Gus Palliamitos. We are coming to you live from Alumni Stadium, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, for tonight's conference game between the Exeter Eagles and the Lebanon Cedars, along with my broadcast partner, Ryan Lineweaver. Yeah, I'm here. Well, Ryan, this is going to be a little bit different, just to let our listeners know this is one of those where Ryan is actually inside the booth here, and I am outside, so we will not be making eye contact. We will try to make this go as smoothly as possible. Yeah, unfortunately, just not enough space out there on the balcony. That's exactly right. Our next members of the homecoming court are... So, Ryan, looking back at last week's 36-6 win over Governor Mifflin, I would call it a methodical domination that led to Exeter's opening Lancaster-Lebanon League Section 2 play. That first quarter went fairly quickly. It was scoreless, but Exeter striking Paydirt on their second possession, which didn't come until the 9.40 mark, that touchdown in the second quarter, a three-yard TD run by Richie Karstein on fourth and one. Add that two-point conversion by Carter Redding and Ryan Exeter off and running, an 8-0 lead. Yeah, I mean, certainly methodical is one way that you could put that first quarter. Uh, each team had one drive down the field, neither amounting in points. But, yeah, Exeter getting out on top first. And not terribly surprising either the way that their uh, beginning of the season has gone as well. I mean, they are dominating in the second quarter, 77 to nothing. Exeter outscoring their opponents in the second quarter of play. So... Only 17 points in the first quarter, 77 in the second, blanking their opponents. Not terribly surprising. After an interception by the Sneaker Villa defensive player of the game, Nathan Pashley, Exeter would convert that into points at the 252 mark of the second, a nine-yard run by Joey Schlaffer, the first of two on the night. And Ryan, Exeter would go into halftime with a 15-0 lead. And, and again, that first unit 
defense, as you mentioned, continuing to pitch that shutout. Yeah, at that point, still no points against the first team defense. Nearly at the end of that sec uh, second quarter, though, they uh, heaved it down the field, a 30-plus yard pass play that ended at the one-yard line. Exeter rushing off the field and saying, nope, it's 15-0. We're going into the locker room and not coming back out. Worked out in their favor, uh, but just that close. Uh, Exeter nearly giving up points there. But, yeah, once again, uh, can't stress enough how dominating this uh, first-team defense has been, just allowing their first points ever against them uh, here in this season uh, coming in the second half, which I'm sure that you will talk about next. That's right. Governor Mifflin would break that scoreless streak in the third quarter on a one-yard TD run by quarterback Delson McNeil. Only, and I think, Ryan, this was incredibly important, Exeter comes right back on the next possession. They match the TD, this time a 32-yard touchdown pass Mason Ratelli to Joey Schlaffer, and a play in which Ryan, he was not going to be denied carrying defenders across the goal line. Exeter takes a commanding 22-6 lead at the 420 minute of that third. Man, and how many times have we seen that this season? Joey Schlaffer using all of his six foot six frame. The Penn State commit needed every single inch of that frame reaching across the pylon. But that's just what you get when you're facing Exeter. You have two big targets, Schlaffer being one, Zandier the other, both averaging over 20 yards per catch. And that time, once again, Schlaffer taking it to pay dirt. Mason Ritelli finishes the game 217 all-purpose yards, three TDs. He threw for 126 yards, seven of 10 passing in that TD. Also ran 11 times for 91 yards and two TDs. Ryan, he is in complete control of this offense. Yeah, and it's saying something considering that he didn't even throw a pass for Exeter in his past three seasons. He went up against Schlaffer for the uh, head, foot, or head uh, quarterback job this year and came out on top, and boy, oh boy, Sure glad that he did because he is, what, eight touchdowns, one interception so far this year. He is absolutely uh, coming to his own there as the starting quarterback for the Eagles. He absolutely is. Exeter ran for a total of 317 yards. Their prior high on the season was 185. The offensive line continues their stellar performance. Ryan Ritchie Karstein, as he's been all season thus far, and we will, of course, continue to talk about him. He was the workhorse, 18 carries, 130 yards, his second consecutive 100-yard game. Yeah, and I mean, I can't stress enough how much Karstein means to this first-team offense because he is the tempo setter. He's the guy that will work between the tackles. He will seek out contact. He will initiate contact and just bowl over guys, drag them with him if he needs to. I mean, he's averaging over seven yards a carry, and for good reason, he is a large part of what makes this Exeter offense tick. Joey Schlaffer ends four catches, 64 yards. He set the all-time receiving record at Exeter, as you pointed out, and, of course, we had the post-game interview with him. Zach Zandier, another Ratelli target favorite. He Two balls, 38 yards. Ryan Mason Ratelli has just a plethora of receivers who can just turn a game around. Yeah, to say the least, it helps that they're 6'6 six six and 6'5. Six Again, it's talking about simplifying your offense, right? So you have Richie Karstein, who is going to get the tough yards, moving the chains, methodically moving up and down the field occasionally. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it takes him a little while that he's bursting free in the second half after he's wearing down a defense. Uh, but then as soon as you sucker in that defense, you toss it over the top, and they do it time and time again. 
you have uh, Joey Schlaffer, you have Zach Zandier, you have your big targets that you can just throw it right down the seam. And if Lebanon decides to go one-on-one -on -one with either of those guys, good luck because they're going up with it, they're coming down with it, and usually it results in a touchdown. And you're exactly right. Assuming Jerry is listening to me, we're going to have more pregame comments after this commercial break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Tackle your toughest health challenges without ever leaving your home. Penn State Health On Demand lets you see a healthcare provider on your schedule wherever you are. Simply open the app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer and meet one-on-one -on -one with board-certified experts in urgent care and select specialties. You can get a diagnosis, request a prescription, or even get a referral if needed. Learn more at pennstatehealth.org slash on demand. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. Ryan, we talked about the offense. The defense, of course, as we know, they held the Mustangs ground attack, a total of 137 yards on 33 carries. So that defensive line continues to do their job. Yeah, not terribly surprising either. I mean, this entire first-team defense, they're averaging, they're only allowing 6.7 points per game. And that's not even just the first-team defense. That's also including the second-team defense giving up points against Boyertown. 6.7 points per game, less than a touchdown, second-best in all of Division Three right now behind West Perry. And, uh, you know, certainly against a Cedars team that will struggle to put points on the board now. They did it last week. They scored, I believe, 24 points going up against Muhlenberg. I would not expect the same type of output coming here against Exeter. The secondary held Delson McNeil to 5 of 12, passing 113 yards. Let's face it, that secondary, of course, the front seven formidable. That secondary, Nathan Pashley, Alex Panero back there leading the charge. You've got to go through them, and that's not the easiest thing to do either. It's certainly not, but I guarantee you that Lebanon is going to try tonight because they put the ball in the air last week. Brandon Castro got his first extended varsity time against Muhlenberg, threw for 205 yards, three touchdowns. But Exeter's defense is absolutely airtight. We'll see how they come out here tonight. That's right. We'll see if the defensive line can get pressure on Castro. And at that point, if he does, he's going to create havoc in that backfield. You turn to Lebanon, all you have to say, Lebanon a year ago, 0-10, that gives you an idea where the team is this year. They're 0-1 in league play, 0-4 overall. You mentioned their latest loss to Muhlenberg. They had 194 passing yards, as you mentioned. They'll certainly try to put it in the air tonight against Exeter. 76 rushing yards in the game, but it seemed like on the ground is where Exeter may be able to excel. Gio Cavana for the Mules, 224 yards on the ground, five TDs. Obviously, they're going to have their work cut out for them, maintaining a Richie Karstein-led backfield. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, Karstein's a guy that's going to seek out contact. If he's not getting the yards in the first half, he's certainly going to get him in the second as Exeter just, you know, grinds down any type of defensive line. We've seen it week after week. Uh, Karstein may go for, you know, two yards here, three yards there, but once he starts getting going, he's absolutely tough to stop. And Exeter has a couple of, uh, you know, guys in the backfield as well beyond Karstein that are able to offer some kind of change of pace. Uh, we'll see if they uh, they break any of those out or if they just do the uh, heavy dose of Karstein again. It seems that the PA announcer is going to indicate that we are going to have the national anthem. They are presenting the colors as we speak. So we will go silent. Pay attention to the color guard who is arriving shortly. The Lebanon Senior High Marching Band providing us with tonight's national anthem. Ryan Lebanon coached by Jerry Yanchuk. You mentioned the quarterback, Brandon Castro. He's a sophomore QB trying to direct this young offense. He'll probably have a senior running back, Blaze Watson, 5'10", 181 in the backfield. And watching film, they've got some playmakers on the outside. They might sh throw some short to intermediate balls. Uh, they've got a wide receiver, Derek Infante, a six-foot junior. Paul Trace, a six-two junior. And odds are, if they're going to try to beat that defensive line that gets on them in a hurry, that might be the way to do it. It certainly might be. Exeter has shown a propensity to uh, be a little, uh, you know, susceptible to the deep ball. So we'll see if Lebanon may change it up a little bit because we've seen Exeter's defense just bear down on a handful of different occasions. You know, they're 4-0 for a reason. They allow less than a touchdown a game for a reason. That if you're going to try to play dink and dunk, I'm not sure if that's going to beat the Eagles. You're exactly right. Matthew Skipper has the ball on the tee at the 40-yard line. The official has given him the okay. He's approaching the ball. It's in the nighttime air, and we are underway here at Lebanon. The ball being returned from the 15. He's got the 20, gets to the 25. He's outside to the 30, the 35, and that's where he's finally knocked out of bounds by Genuine Stutzman, but a big return for Lebanon. 
They'll mark the ball on their own 45-yard line. Looks like they'll take it back to the 44, but that's where it'll be first and 10, Lebanon. I mean, that was just simple. I mean, he didn't have to make anybody miss on that return. He started at the left hash mark, worked all the way to the right side of the field in front of his own bench. Great starting field position here for the Cedars. So Brendan Castro in the gun, sidecar right, two receivers right and left. There's the snap, throw to the right side. It's picked off. Alex Panero steps in front, takes it away, and immediately the Exeter defense making their presence known. Well, and what did I tell you? That you're going to have to throw it deep against Exeter because they will bear down. That time, there were two defenders in the vicinity, and Castro had already made up his mind that that was his wide receiver. That's the guy that he was going to throw to, and I'm pretty sure that everybody on the Exeter side of the field knew exactly where he was throwing the football to. Panero, an easy read, an easy pick. Exeter football, great field position on the 40. Maybe an early selection for the defensive player of the game with that INT. Here's Exeter, ball on the 40-yard line. Ritelli in the gun, takes the snap, throws it to the left flat. Schlaffer has it. He's got the 35, a stiff arm, gets him down to the 30-yard line. There is laundry on the field. There is, and it's probably going to be against Exeter. It's either going to be Schlaffer with a hand to the face or it's going to be a hold on Choi as Schlaffer was coming out towards the near sideline. We'll see what the call is here. They are marking it off against Exeter. No call yet as to what the penalty is. And it is going to be an offensive face mask. So that was definitely Schlaffer going for the stiff arm and ending up getting a handful of mask. That is one challenge, of, if you want to say it, of being 6-6-6-7 when you go to stiff arm. It typically is in the opposing player's face mask. Uh, Exeter getting ready to line up here. So they are going to... Allow it and then mark it back 10 yards. So what was a first down is now a first and nine for Exeter. Ritelli in the gun. Karstein behind him takes the handoff, running off right tackle. Gets into the line. The ball's on the ground, and Lebanon has recovered. So Richie Karstein running hard between the tackles there. The right guard, right tackle. Ball's punched loose. Lebanon has it. It'll be first and 10 on the 30-yard line. Well, just a sloppy game plan so far for both sides, and really we're back to where we started with Lebanon with decent field position, 11.35 off the clock. It's basically a brand-new ball game for both sides. Castro in the gun, sidecar right, two receivers left, two right. Here's the snap. He's got it. Handoff goes up the middle. Not a whole lot there. Richie Karstein, Kyle Lash closing the hole. Just trying to go off right tackle there. Absolutely nothing there. Again, Exeter just bearing down. You're going to have to beat the uh, the uh, def defensive line going over the top. They'll say he got back to the original line of scrimmage. Call it second and ten. Castro in the gun. Three receivers right, two left. Here is the snap. He's back. He's looking left all the way. Fires. He completes it to the 30-yard line. But Brant takes him down immediately. So there's going to be no gain on the play. I could literally say the same thing on every play. <laughs> I, 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 at some point, I'm going to run out of words. You're going to need to throw over the top. You're going to need to run medium, intermediate routes at the very least. This stuff near the line of scrimmage is not going to fly against the Eagles' defense. 
That's right, Ryan. You'll have to let me know if you hear the name for number three. He's not on my roster. So anyway, it's third and ten. Castro in the gun, sidecar right, three receivers right, one left. He's back under pressure. Down he goes. Way back at the 15-yard line. They'll actually mark him at the 18 forward progress. But an absolute barrage of Exeter defenders, and there's what we talked about in pregame where if he's got any room or any time to throw, he's going to have to get it out quick. Yeah, I mean, that was just absolutely an entire side of the line just getting demolished as Kyle Lash and Joey Reedy both in there on the stop. Here's fourth and 22. Lebanon sets up to play. It's a quick Ooh. kick. By <laughs> oh, man. Ultimately, it's going to go and take a Lebanon bounce back inside no, the 30-yard line. That's an Exeter bounce inside the 30. Did I say Lebanon? Well, Lebanon was trying to recover it. You're right. It bounced Whoa. for Exeter. About a 10-yard uh, punt there by the Cedars. Just tried to do a quick kick from the quarterback position. See if we can call out who did it. I believe that was Paul Trace, the wide receiver, who tried to punt it out of there, but give Exeter the bounce. The ball marked at the Cedars 29-yard line. Ratelli comes out in the gun. Karstein sidecar right, three receivers right. Fakes a pitch. Ratelli running left, a huge hole, cuts it inside. Gets inside the 20-yard line. They're going to mark him at the 19. Call it a gain of seven. It'll be, oh, actually, well, let's see where they're marking it. On the far side, they're actually giving him the 20-yard line inside the giving 20 the to the 19, and it's a first down for Exeter. Yeah, how about that? Well, that time you had the guard pulling around. You had Palange and Lash out in front of him. Easy pickup of 11. Ratelli in the gun, Karstein behind him. It's a high snap, hands it off. Karstein running right, gets through the line of scrimmage, still on his feet and into the end zone. A touchdown, 19 yards for Richie Karstein. Karstein, his fifth touchdown of the year. And once again, seeking out contact. He gets through that first line of defenders. That only has the secondary. And if it's Richie Karstein with his size going up against some poor cornerback in the secondary, Karstein's going to win, and that time, he carries two defenders into the end zone with him. So a 19-yard touchdown run, Richie Karstein, skipper on for the PAT. He's taking over for Zach Zandier, who normally punches him through. And this is no good wide right. So at the 9.06 mark here of the first, it's Exeter 6, Lebanon nothing. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perkyoman Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Skipper squibs the Jerry upcoming 
kick, and ultimately Lebanon falls on it at their own 32-yard line, and that's where they'll put the ball in play. Yeah, not a great kick there, but either way, once again, we'll see what Lebanon comes out here with. Again, you're going to have to throw over the top. There, there's just no way. You try to balance it out with some rushing attack, but you're going to have to throw the football against Exeter. Screen passes are not going to work. You're going to have to go a bit deeper down the field. Castro in the gun, sidecar left, two receivers left, one right. Here's the snap. It's a handoff running up on the right side, trying to bull his way through. Ultimately pulled down Lucas Polange, Jonathan Martin leading the charge. Well, that time he had a hole just between the guard and tackle. That was wide enough to squeeze through, but Martin coming off his block, initiating the contact there, and once again, Lash coming up and helping out on the stop. Emmanuel Watson on the run there for Lebanon. Castro in the gun, sidecar right, two receivers right, one left. He drops back, takes a quick step, nothing there, and he goes down. Anthony Cachese from the right side steamrolls him, takes him down at the 27-yard line. It'll be a loss of five. Call it third and 15 for the Cedars. Oh, and Lebanon has some size on their offensive line. If you look down there, they have some pretty big boys down there. I'm not sure of their size, but even still, they're short and stout, and Anthony Cachese is a full-grown man down there, and he just bull rushes right through him and an easy sack for a loss of two. Absolutely no time for Castro to look downfield. Third down and about... So third and call it 16. Here's the snap. Castro goes straight back. He's looking left, fires, makes the completion, but Brant all over him, brings him down at the 29. Literally a gain of about three, which brings up fourth and long for the Cedars. Well, once again, just not enough time because Exeter's all over him. He has to look out into the flat and ends up losing a couple of yards while doing it. So once again, Exeter just bearing down, rushing the passer and making life, their lives so much easier on the defensive end. So Emmanuel Mason is actually in as QB. We'll see if he doesn't quick pooch this kick just like he did last time. And he does. Oh, this one's better. Crosses the 45, it takes 11 and bounds. Crosses the it. 30, and that's where it'll die. Exeter will take over first and 10. 7.01 to go here in the first. I don't hear music from Jerry, so I'm going to say we're going to keep it right here. It's 6-0 Exeter. Well, if you'd like, I can do a read instead of going to commercial. You got it, Ryan. Well, I thought it was going to be a really quick transition, Darren. That's why I didn't. Well, it is Exeter. You know they're coming out of the huddle going right into the shotgun, so it is a quick transition. Well, I can give you. buddy. Well, I'll give you the, uh, the quick Penn State read. Tackle your toughest health challenges without ever leaving your home. Penn State Health On Demand lets you see a health care provider on your schedule wherever you are. Open the app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer and meet with one of the board-certified experts in urgent care and select specialties. So Rotelli throws it deep <laughs> downfield. Schlopper has it, runs into the far end of the end zone. 70 yards, touchdown Exeter. I couldn't read that any faster. We'll, sorry to Penn State. We'll, we'll eventually get there, but once again. It's you, not due till halftime. It's fine. <laughs> Running a post route just right by the defender. Rotelli puts the ball on the money. He runs it in the rest of the way to the far right side. And just like that, one play, it's 12-0 Eagles. Oh, 70 yards. And once again, 
you're going to single cover Joey Schlaffer. Exeter's going to make you pay for it. So that time they came out throwing the football both times to Schlaffer uh, here in the first quarter and an easy six points uh, for Exeter. It's just, like I said, you go one-on-one with Joey Schlaffer, he's going to make you pay. There was nobody helping out in the secondary, no double coverage, no safety help over the top. And it's an easy 70 yards, about as easy as it gets. And Exeter going for two, throws it to the far end. I believe Carter Redding has it on the far right side. The catch and the two-point conversion. So Exeter converts, and at the 6.50 mark here of the first, it's Exeter 14, 11 and nothing. We'll be back. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. And on the ensuing kickoff, the ball rolls down to the goal line. Ryan, you might have a better look at it. I'm not sure, but... Ultimately, he goes to pick it up, and as he does, he's hit immediately. The ball comes loose, and Exeter, did, did they give him a safety or no, they, they give a touchdown? Uh, I believe it. They called a touchdown. They did call a touchdown, but I, they put two points up on the board, so we're going to have to get some clarification here. I think Looks it, like they're going. Yeah, it was a touchdown. So I think going it was for, a touchdown, yeah. They're going for the extra point. The scoreboard will have to uh, update here. So I don't know who and recovered it for Exeter, but the ball came loose, and Skipper is on for the PAT. It's down. Ball's up. This time it is true. Yeah, we're not going back to commercial, Jerry. Enough with the commercial. <laughs> yeah. So, that one we completely missed. Yeah, so the ball ended up hitting around the 15-yard line. Their poor returner decides, all right, I'm just going to roll the dice and let this roll. It dies on the one-yard line. He tries picking it up, stepping back into the end zone and realizes – Oh, shit, I have to bring this out. <laughs> and uh, Exeter all over it by that time because they're so far down the field, they were already over top of it. Again, punch it loose in the end zone, recovered by Exeter, 21 nothing with 6.46 left here in the first quarter. Perhaps since he's a little underage, he said, oh, poop. Jerry encourages cursing. I do. <laughs> so four seconds tick off the clock between touchdowns. 21-0 at the 6.46 mark, and Skipper squibs the ball to the right side. Yeah, they're going to field this one. He drops on it for Lebanon at about the, looking around the 27-yard line, 28-yard yeah. line. Well, not a chance to breathe here in this first quarter. That's exactly right, and it's the kind that if you don't have a chance to breathe, this is the way you'd rather not have to do it. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, you can learn more at PennStateHealth.org slash on demand. Just wanted to finish that read from about uh, four seconds ago. Game time. 
So Castro over the ball. He's in the shotgun, sidecar right. One receiver left, two right. Here's the snap. He's looking right, looking right, throws it up. An ill-advised pass. It's too high. Nigel Meekins almost with the pick. Yeah, it's a good thing it was too high, too, because Meekins read that perfectly. Again, that was just a little stop route. They're stopping, you know, seven yards down the field, and Exeter just able to close on it quickly, and very lucky that one was over top. And Castro having a lot of heat around him, just able to get that one off. Castro with two completions for negative two yards so far. So he's in the gun, single running back. He gets the ball running off the left side, churning, churning. He'll get across the 30-yard line, give him the 32-yard line. Call it a gain of four. It'll be third and six. Well, best play of the game here so far by the Cedars, and it's not very often that you're going to see Lucas Polange get bowled over. That time got caught off his block at – Got knocked over. It looked like plenty of green space if he had jumped to the outside, but instead decides to bowl over Polange, pick up a four. Emmanuel Mason on the run there. Here's a hard count by Castro. Exeter jumps the middle of the line. So this will give five. It'll make it third and one. Now we talked about, you know, last week about how they had to clean some things up. Uh, you know, obviously a handful of false starts kind of uh, did him in on a handful of drives, but... You know, they average, I believe, about 79 yards worth of penalties per game. Uh, so, again, we it won't hurt them here, uh, but certainly going forward, again, kind of a broken record. Uh, later on in the season it will, but as for now, just two yards to go here for Lebanon. There's the snap. Flags fly yet again, and it's a timeout for Lebanon. You mentioned the penalties last week. Penalized 11 times for 81 yards, right around the average that you mentioned. So 6.03 to go here in the first, waiting for the music. Nope, Jerry's, Jerry's refusing. He's now putting he's, his foot down. I'm telling you, okay. You know what? It took a little while for him to get here, so uh, apparently he is going to work this game with. I, I beat you guys by like a solid half hour. You did. Well, <laughs> we you, were driving you, around for a half hour. I was coming hour. from Allentown, too. <laughs> you, you didn't have to contend with the police ambulance fire thing that we did a quarter of a block from the stadium, apparently. Apparently not. Apparently that was only a half hour before, before the game here. Yep. So call this a third and short two for Lebanon. They come out of the gun. Castro's in it. He's got Mason sidecar right. Two receivers left, two right. Here's the snap. He drops straight back, looking left, throws left. Jonathan Martin with the tip and the INT. And Exeter will take over. The ball at the 39-yard line. Well, looking for the mysterious number three again. Have no idea who he is, but he's not catching the football here. Instead, it's Jonathan Martin with the circus catch. Gets the tip and the pick. So opting to throw the football on third and two instead of trying to gain a couple of tough yards on the ground and ending up paying the price for it. So Jonathan Martin gives the ball right back to Exeter. Ritelli in the gun. He's got the eye to the left of him. Karstein has it. He bounces. This is actually Carter Redding. He's got God, the sideline, and he's it. taking it into the end zone. 40 yards officially. Touchdown, Exeter. 
Carter Redding just running right into the back of his offensive line, bounces to the left, and there's nothing but green space. I think Lebanon got a little tripped up there by the uh, sideline official kind of in their way, but Redding was off to the races, 40 yards to the house. 5.49 to go here in the first. Awaiting the PAT. Zach Zand. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. It is Skipper. He's a little bit shorter. A little bit. Yeah, and he also wears number 40. <laughs> Here's the snap. The ball's up. And it is good. 5.49 to go here in the first. It's Exeter 28, Lebanon nothing. We'll be back with more first quarter action after this break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gellif Media. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Byrne Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Matt Skipper has the ball on the tee at the 40-yard line, ready to kick it off. He's approaching the ball. Exeter moving right to left. Picked up about the 16, running right. He's got the 35, the 40, the 45, the 50. Here is the notorious number three. And he's found his favorite side of the field to return on. That's for darn sure. Once again, similar to the opening kickoff, picks it up on the left hash mark at the 15. Gets great field position here for the Cedars as they get on the Exeter side of the field. That's right, ball mark on the Eagle 49-yard line. That seems to be the Achilles heel for Exeter so far. Like you mentioned, him running to the right side, being able to break through. So Castro in the gun. Two receivers left, two right. Sidecar right, the snap goes beyond him. He's not ready for oh, it. He can't even fall he on it. He tries to fall on it, can't do it, and Exeter, Exeter football. will Carstein come up with it. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the snap, Castro not even ready for it, positioning his players. The ball goes right by him to the left, and as he tries to fall on top of it, it's the old Dave Casper play where he kicks it towards his own goal line. And then, of course, Exeter recovers, ball marked at the 37-yard line. And at some point, it's kind of funny, but it, you also kind of feel bad because it's almost Keystone Cops-ish of, uh, you know, watching Lebanon. It's one step forward, about 15 back. And in this case, I think it was about 15 yards that they ended up losing. So that's a perfect analogy. So Rotelli comes out in the gun, first and 10 ball on the 32. Sidecar right, single receiver left and right. Choi gets the jet sweep to the right. He's got room to run. He's, He's around the corner, oh, gets inside close. the 10-yard line, still on his feet. I'm not sure if they marked him out or not. Looks like they did just shy of the goal line, but a great run, Isaiah Choi. 
and goal. So about 28 yards. Yeah, it's just that little quick pitch that he's coming across the formation. Almost a jet sweep, but as we saw, it's one of my favorite plays in Madden because it works every time. It does. 28 yards. Oh, we're going to mark him at the six, so it's going to be about 26 yards on the pass play. So Rotelli in the gun. Sidecar right, Schlaffer right, Choi left. There's the snapper. Telly takes the handoff, runs off the right side, untouched into the end zone. It's a touchdown for Exeter. And once again, every single Eagles possession so far, and we're soon going to get a running clock here with 519 left in the first quarter. But every single Eagles possession has either been one or two plays. There is no in-between. It is quick hitting against this Cedars defense. And we're up by five scores here with 519 left in the first quarter. So the six-yard TD run by Mason Rotelli off the right side. Skipper on for the PAT. The ball back. It's down. His foot is through it. And it is good. 519 left here in the first. It's Exeter 35, 11 and nothing. We'll be back after these commercial messages. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Getting to know Jim Oswald for Pennsylvania House. Jim is a 20-year Navy veteran and business owner. Jim believes in the elimination of property taxes and fair and equitable funding for all schools. He wants to protect girls' sports and scholarships from unfair competition. He'll work to eliminate pensions for politicians. Jim wants to provide proper funding for fire departments and will work with federal officials to get more funding for EMS through Medicare. On November 8th, your choice for the PA House in the 126th District is Jim Oswald. Paid for by friends of James Oswald. Matt Skipper gets a foot in this one. This time it goes into the end zone untouched. Barely. That's right. It just barely got over the goal line. But Lebanon all will same. have it first and 10 on the 20. Yeah, touchback all the same. That time coming literally inches away. That thing just creeped across the goal line. Was once again, just uh, kind of putting their fate into the football gods' hands. And this time... Coming away kind of lucky. That would have been the top gun scramble yet again. So Castro in the gun, sidecar left, two receivers left and right. Takes the handoff. They try to run it up the middle, not a whole lot there. Looks like Palange on the stop. So give him a gain of two. It'll be second and eight. Ball on the 21-yard line. I mean, the Cedars just getting, trying to get something resembling an offense going here. At least, you know, six feet forward is better than uh, 15 feet back, which that, is what they had on their last possession. So. That's exactly right. So Castro in the gun. Three receivers spread out right, two to the left. Here's the snap. He's looking right. Fires it back to the receiver, but Nigel Meekins just absolutely all over him. Jonathan Martin comes in to finish him off. I don't even, this very well is a loss of probably about four. Well, it's not even a slow developing screen pass, but again, 
when you get Exeter moving downhill, this is what happens because you're not giving them any option to go over the top. We saw even Daniel Boone go over the top against Exeter, taking some shots, at least trying to stretch the field a little bit. Lebanon, not nearly enough time with the defensive line closing in on him. Castro in the gun, sidecar right. Two receivers left and right. He's looking left. He fires. Almost picked off Jonathan Martin, reading it, knocking it away. And that'll bring up fourth down for the Cedars. Well, this time forced to go down the field, and at least it opened things up a little bit, but Jonathan Martin once again just filling in that zone and easily knocking it away. This time not tipping it up to himself for the INT, but brings up fourth down all the same. So Lebanon, they never go into true punt formation. It's always the shotgun snap pooch kick deal. And it'll happen yet again. Ball not going very far out of bounds. Let's see where they mark it. Looks like at the 35-yard line. So a 15-yard punt. And Exeter will take over. First and 10, 3.48 to go here in the first. And Ryan, this first quarter seems to have taken forever. I said we're soon going to swap places here midway because you've called an entire game's worth of <laughs> touchdowns so far. <laughs> and there's still 3.48 left to go here in the first quarter. Boys, so, I find it ironic that there are trains going by and Exeter is running like a train. I don't yes. think that's a phrase that we can use on this broadcast, well, Jerry. Now, wait a minute. So Ritelli in the gun, Choi in motion. Doing he the gets, same play. Yep. He gets the sweep to the right. He's still on oh. his feet. Gets inside the 15-yard line. He's going to be, oh, we'll see where they actually mark him at. Looks like they're going to put the ball somewhere around the 14 or 13-yard line. It's going to be something like a 17 or 18-yard scamper for Joy. We'll give him 18 on that one. So Exeter comes out over the ball, Ritelli in the gun, and they're running same the same play. play to the right. Choi has it, no, nobody touches him. He runs around the end, 16 yards for the touchdown. I mean, it's legitimately just, this is the play that we're gonna keep running. You try and stop us, and well, Lebanon can't. So a 14-yard touchdown, Choi his third catch on the exact same play, decreasing, uh, you know, return on investment every single time, but those three plays going for a total of 58 yards and a score. So the Choi touchdown run, here's Skipper with the PAT. He blasts it through, it's good. Friends, 313 in the first. It's Exeter 42, Lebanon nothing. I hear music, that's a good indicator. We will be back with more action here in Lebanon. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine in or take out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. 
Well, this time, the kickoff goes deep. He brings it out literally from the two, tries the right side, which has been his specialty, but Exeter was going to have absolutely none of it that time. Oh, just absolutely swarmed, said, yeah, all right. You fooled us twice trying to go to the left. Obviously, that's where you're going with it. He ends up taking it in a Willie Mays catch to return that one into the end zone. Comes out and doesn't even make it back to the 20. They're going to start at the 14-yard uh, line. First and 10, Lebanon. Castro in the gun. Three receivers right, one in motion right to left. Single receiver to the left. Sidecar left. Here's the snap. He drops straight back. He looks, pulls it down tries to run and then ultimately just goes down because he doesn't want to take the shot from Lucas Palange and Anthony Cachese. Well, his first positive uh, rushing attempt here gets one yard. Mercifully, the clock continuing to run. That was one play where you see what's coming and you concede. It certainly looked like it may have been drawn up that way as the Red Sea kind of parted. He had a running lane in the middle. And I think that it may have actually been a scripted quarterback keeper. We're, we're going to go with that. Absolutely. So Castro in the gun, sidecar left, two receivers right and left. There's the snap. Here's the handoff. Trying to run up the middle, but there is absolutely nothing there. Looking to see Joey Reedy gets off the pile. He might have been the first one there. Reedy was there on the left-hand side, and Karstein was there from the right as he just absolutely plowed over his defender. He was in the backfield almost at the same time it was handed off. Two minutes to go here in the first. Lebanon has a third and 13. The ball marked at the 13-yard line. They come out of the huddle. Castro's in the gun. He takes a look at his wristband for the play. Two receivers right, two left. Sidecar right. Here's the snap. He looks left, it's a quick pitch. Here's number three trying to make something happen on the left-hand side. He might get about four or five yards, but that's where it'll be fourth down for Lebanon. And once again, Lebanon just coming out with the screen pass, but Exeter not fooled at all on these short passing attempts. Again, no attempts to go over the top here, even on third and forever. And Exeter is just gonna keep feasting. And that wide receiver probably has the quickest speed on the Lebanon team. And you can see Exeter not only matching it, but probably a little bit better as well. So pretty tough to compete against a team like that. Here's the kick. Pashley takes it at the 50, tries to break through. He's caught immediately, falls forward to, they're going to give him the 46. And that's where Exeter will take over. First and 10, just under 49 seconds to go here in the first quarter. Yeah, it looked like Derek Infante and Braylon Beaver both in on that one. Nearly uh, a mistake there for Exeter. Pashley bobbled it coming across the 50, able to regain control and just goes down. So now as I'm seeing the Exeter team come off the sideline, where Rotelli's still in the game, they do have, they're bringing in a lot of Second stringers. Zamar Pascal in the backfield right now. Genuine Stutzman on the left. Zach Zandier on the right side of the line. Here's the handoff. Pascal has it. Churning away, churning away. 
They'll say no gain, call it second and 10. The clock running, that very well could be the last play, finally, of the first quarter. Never thought I'd see the day. At least the end of this one. Good Lord. Ryan, my money is on you to have an absolutely stellar second quarter. This second quarter is going to blow past <laughs> like we're standing still. I have money on that one. That's exactly right. Well, the clock's winding down. I'm waiting for music. I thought Jerry might actually start a little early, and there he is. We have played one quarter here in Lebanon. It's Exeter 42. Lebanon nothing. We'll be back with Ryan and second quarter action after this break. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Tackle your toughest health challenges without ever leaving your home. Penn State Health On Demand lets you see a healthcare provider on your schedule wherever you are. Simply open the app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer and meet one-on-one -on -one with board-certified experts in urgent care and select specialties. You can get a diagnosis, request a prescription, or even get a referral if needed. Learn more at PennStateHealth.org slash on demand. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. Well, mercifully, 38 minutes into the 7 o'clock hour, we are finally hitting the second quarter. Rotelli in the gun. Zamar Pascal in the backfield. Redding in motion. A little pitch to Pascal. He wasn't quite ready for it. He bops it up into the air to himself. And oh, he's... Almost getting drugged back to the line of scrimmage by the Cedars. He'll end up losing a handful of yards. He's not quite ready for that pitch. And I think you're seeing something here with the second stringers playing with Mason Ritelli to give them maybe a little confidence playing with that first string. Yeah, if I had to guess, you are not going to see any more action from Joey Schlaffer here tonight as Zandir firmly entrenched there at the tight end position. This time Rotelli rolling out, stops, tries to pick it up, ends up trying to dump it, and that is not a wide receiver. <laughs> but he is outside the tackles, and it's, well, it's not quite past the line of scrimmage. So there should be intentional grounding on this one. That's exactly it. If he was able to get it beyond, no penalty, but he basically just... Uh, well, he threw it at the feet of Nate Govan, and uh, he is a guard on the roster. He is not an eligible receiver, so he threw it at his feet, and it is going to be marching it back 15 yards. The tuck rule could have been in effect there because it looked like he was ready to throw it. Then he realized, uh-oh, it's a guard, <laughs> and the ball came out anyway. Well, he rolled out to his right, realized that he was quickly running out of real estate, and his offensive line was backing up into him and just throwing the football away and ends up paying the price for it as they walk it all the way back to the 35-yard line. After the penalty, it'll be fourth down. And it looks like Pashley will be back to punt it away. So Pashley standing on the just shy of the right hash mark, and we're going to have a, another flag thrown here. I think we're going to see some of this. Ultimately, it's an illegal substitution. There were 12 men on the field prior to the snap, and I think 
bringing in, obviously, second stringers and trying to make sure you've got the right personnel. It is something we might see from Exeter a few times throughout the rest of the game. And understandable. I mean, once again, this is one of those games where you're going to get a great look at the second-team offense, second-team defense, and maybe a little bit more evenly matched game here. So it should be at least a somewhat more entertaining second quarter, by my estimation. As this one, a home run in an elevator shaft. So Bashley needs 30. to, yeah. And finally knocked at the 26-yard line. So, woof. That is a, uh, that's a punt loss. of negative four that's yards. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's one of those that goes off your foot. You know it immediately. And then you have to have the wherewithal to go cover it. You want to kind of bask in your own sorrow there for a moment. But you've got to go over and make a play anyway. So They'll touch it at the 25. So Cedars with excellent starting field position, mostly by virtue of Exeter shooting themselves in the foot here. Comes with 11 minutes left. Lebanon still rolling with their first team offense. They go trips right. One wide receiver here to the left. Running back, moving from left to right. And well, even still all that time and Castro shrugging his shoulders. Absolutely nothing there and Lebanon forced to take a timeout. So you think that they might have a play in mind getting the ball back here and maybe a little extended period of time where you're not necessarily worried about. You, know, you had the special teams play before that. You're able to walk in. Unfortunately, still an unforced error here from the Cedars. Obviously a, a program that's struggling. Uh, young kids trying to, I'll say, resurrect. Uh, I don't know what Lebanon's history has been over time, but uh, Lebanon trying to resurrect a team here, and let's hope they can do it. Like I said, talking about Isaiah Rodriguez, it's been a few years. This time just a handoff, a little counterplay up the middle. Gets to maybe the 22, so it looks like a gain of three here. Again, it's been since Isaiah Rodriguez. They did have an all-statewide receiver that he was throwing to as well, so it wasn't that long ago that the Cedars had a fairly formidable team here in the Lancaster-Lebanon League, but again, we talk about them coming in. They've lost 16 straight games, and I'm not going to chalk it up to 17 quite yet as there's still 10-28 left to play here in the second quarter, but it is 42-0. Handoff this time going between guard and tackle and met immediately by... Looks like Lucas Palange. Lucas Palange being the stud the last two plays, trying to run up the middle, absolutely stuffing it, bringing up a third down. But again, it's it's been a while for the Cedars, and last year was they've gotten a little bit better this year. They have not had the blowouts that they had in 2021. Uh, last year they ended the season with a 74 to nothing loss to Lampeter Strasburg. A little bit before that, they lost 71-8 to to Lancaster Catholic. They have other shutout losses of 36, 54, 27, and 38 to nothing last year. As this ball comes out, it's picked up by Joey Reedy, and it's going to be Exeter football. Joey Schlaffer comes from behind, gets the strip as Castro was moving up in the pocket to the right looking downfield. And as you mentioned, Joey Reedy with the recovery, and Exeter takes over. 
Well, forget what I said about Schlaffer not playing in this game yeah. <laughs> anymore. Maybe not on offense, but he is the second-team defensive end, so he may be out there as part of the second-team defense. Makes it still 42-0 Eagles. They'll have it on their own 27-yard line here with 9.37 left in the first half. You know, Ryan, I was taking a look at the clock. I guess the running clock only starts in the second I half. I guess so. Apparently so. I thought, like you, that we would have a 12-and-a-half second, second quarter here, so to speak. Well, I told my wife I'd be home before 10 o'clock, and I was, I'm was, i not intending to be approved a liar here tonight. Rotelli takes it in the shotgun, hands off to Jonathan Martin. Oh, it's not. Pascal. It's Pascal. He's across the 50, down at the 45. Sorry, I thought I saw 42. Jonathan Martin is in the game. Instead of acting as the fullback, fullback, instead it's Pascal. That is a 37-yard run for Pascal right up the gut. So Pascal running for no gain and negative four on his last two attempts, and now he's got three touches for 33 just like that. Once again, Martin lined up almost a pistol formation. Here is Rotelli in the gun, Martin to his right. Pascal lined up behind them. And once again, this handoff to Pascal. Pascal breaking off right tackle. He's across the 40, down just shy of the 35. Running hard, taking would-be tacklers with him. Almost a first down. Give him nine. Finally reached the point in the game where Exeter is not scoring in one to two plays. So the clock will continue to run. A large part of that first half is just that Exeter just tossing the ball down the field, running the football well. Again, if you're just joining us, 42-0. It's once again, same formation, but this time to the left-hand side. Rotelli in the gun, hands off to Pascal. Pascal, same play. This time, Lebanon prepared for it, and they stuff him short. Gets back to the line of scrimmage and nothing more. Looks like they're actually going to mark it as a loss of one. Had a feeling Pascal was going to get some play time tonight. Had one of those... And I'll say father or, or father son slash coach son discussions prior to the game where Coach Bauer had his hand uh, basically aside of him, hand on the helmet, telling him exactly what he could expect. And of course, here we see him in the game. We've had those games. Uh, when I was down at FM, it was one of those games where, uh, well, now their head coach is up at uh, Lafayette, his uh, alma mater, as Pascal taking it across the line to gain. It'll be a first down here for Exeter. But he literally turned to our freshman running back last year and said, don't report me for child abuse, but you're going to be getting the football at least 30 times this game. <laughs> Thankfully, he was over the age of 18, so no child abuse needed. Uh, but that running back now up at Lafayette with him making the jump from D3 to D1, uh, Jermaine Conyers making the jump. But he didn't rush the football over 30 times that game, but... He was threatened to. It'll be a first down here on the 37. Once again, same formation, same play. Pascal breaking it free, looking into the secondary. He's across the 20, inside the 15. And just a massive game here. I see some of Richie Karstein in Pascal. He hits that hole, and he's running downhill in a hurry. Gain of 24 for Pascal. Oh, yeah, there's no jumping around in the backfield. It is straight line, and why not? You have a clear hole right ahead of you, and he's just bursting through that gap and carrying some defenders with him inside the 15. They're in the red zone here as we tick down inside 630. 
Once again, same formation. I would anticipate a run to the left side here. And it is. Pascal this time trying to go up the gut. He'll get across maybe a gain of one, but nothing more than that. I think looks like they moved the yard marker about six inches forward. So it'll be second down and ten. I'm feeling really gypped here as the clock continues to run. And <laughs> unfortunately, all the scoring being done here in the first quarter. Very selfish, Ryan. Very selfish. I'm just asking for equal playing time, Coach. That's all. Second down and ten. It'll be second down and ten inside six minutes. 42-0 Exeter. Looks like a run to the left-hand side as Lebanon stacking over on that left side. This time, they break it off to Jonathan Martin. Martin bowling over a defender, gets pulled down inside the 10, close to the 5. It almost seemed like he pulled up a little bit just as he got to the 5-yard line. I don't know, maybe just to let the, the clock milk a little bit or, you know, obviously to stay in bounds kind of idea, but uh, just to get that clock running just a little bit longer before they punch it in. Third down and three, a gain of seven for Martin on his first carry of the game. Again, just a little variation on that. You've seen the exact same play being run at least five times in a row here, and this time a little fullback dive. Once again, same formation, this time to the right. Pascal taking it, busting through the hole, and he'll have the first down. And looks like down at the one-yard line. So a gain of four for Pascal. Just upended there, had a full head of steam. Looked like he was going to take it into the end zone from about the three, four-yard line. Someone got underneath him, flipped him a little bit. Down he comes at the one. Looks like Exeter making some changes there on the offensive line as well. Not even second-team offensive line uh, players as well. We're looking at third-teamers out there. They'll line it up first and goal on the one-yard line. Once again, same formation, just that little pistol offense. Rotelli in the gun. Takes it, hand off to Pascal. Pascal, right up the gut. Easy six points, 48-0 in favor of Exeter. One of those where it just, they blow the hole open. He goes in untouched right up the middle. As you mentioned, add another six for Exeter tonight. So 418 left to play here. Pascal now... It's a really weird stat sheet to look at because of how many times that they didn't need to drive down the field. It's one, two plays as Karstein ends his night with one touchdown, one fumble, two rushes for 24 yards. So he'll actually be above his average for rushing as the kick is up and good. Just a really weird stat sheet. It's going to be weird to look at tomorrow morning. As of right now, 49-0 in favor of Exeter. We'll be back for more second-quarter action when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Skipper back. Ends up punching it inside the 10. Ball is dropped. You're going to have to figure out a way to bring it out, and he does. He's across the 20. He's got some green. He's across the 30. Ends up pulling up 
at the 35 before he's tossed out of bounds. Alex Panero back there to make sure he doesn't get any further. And it looked like he had some green space if he just kept that full head of steam and instead he ends up trying to slam on the brakes and Panero with him the entire way. Tell you what, some speed there. He looked like he was surrounded and he just put the Jets on, got by that first wave of Exeter defenders. Bringing the ball out to the 37. Yeah, not quite a miracle at the Meadowlands with Deshaun Jackson dropping that punt and then magically winding his way through traffic for the touchdown. But instead, a nice pickup here by Lebanon as that was number 16 across the 50. Emmanuel Mason. So Mason, nice little shifty running. Fakes a move to the right, ultimately cuts it back inside. Able to get it out beyond the 50, mark at the 48. It'll be a first down for the Cedars. Yeah, so not a bad gain there by Mason. He's had positive touches. Now three carries for about 18 yards or so, and they're into enemy territory. Fullback moves over to the right, act as an extra blocker. They hand off again. This time, Martin in on the tackle as he's just able to dive forward for a couple of yards. Once again, Mason that time. Gets about two on the play. Bring up second down and seven. At least according to the scoreboard. The line markers show the opposite story. There we Joel, go, second and eight. Joel Amarino in on the tackle there, number 53 for Exeter. We'll give him the nod. Once again, looks to be almost the same play. We'll see if they do a variation of it, and they don't. This time, Exeter all over it. Hey, Exeter can run the same play three times in a row and get positive yardage. This time, not so lucky. Anthony Cachese wraps him up, throws him to the ground. Quick off the ball, quick score for you. Middle of the second, it's Wilson 15, Cedar Crest nothing. And it looks like Penn Manor over top of Redding 9-0 after a 30-yard INT return by Jonathan Osman. Redding, of course, playing in Section 1 against the big boys here in the Lancaster Lebanon League. Once again, a jailbreak here as this one's going to be intercepted. Flag down in the backfield. I have to imagine that's against Lebanon, but a return here. Makes one man miss. He's across the 30, the 20, 15, 10, 5. Jaden Zandier. Exeter. 53 yards on the INT return for the score. And this time they try throwing the ball downfield. They've been content running the football and bleeding the clock, and Castro throws his third pick of the game. And by the looks of it, Exeter marching out their special teams. Lebanon marching out their special teams. We'll see what it is. Yeah, it's a hold on Lebanon, so this one's going to stick. Touchdown, Exeter. Makes it 55-0 in favor of the Eagles here with 2:01 left to play just in the second quarter. This game reminds me last year of the Muhlenberg game where the points just came and came and came, and we literally are at a similar spot by halftime in that game. That final 77-7 but the points just came in bunches, and it was just a matter of looking for the mercy rule. Well, the first defensive touchdown of the game for the Eagles, as they now have the trifecta. They have one on special teams. The rest have come on offense, but their first one here, a 
interception return. And once again, Carter Redding, a little trickery here. He's going to try to get into the end zone. Bowls over a defender. He's in for two. I think that one, the snap was a little high to the left. We, we've talked about the snaps not being exactly where they need to be last week. Uh, looks like they cleared that up as far as with Mason. But, you know, Redding, of course, great hands, able to snag it, takes it in for the two. So Carter Redding for the second straight week, walking it in for two on a broken extra point play. Makes it 57-0 Exeter with 2.01 left to play here in the first half. More to come on the Exeter Sports Network when we return. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. This one a return by the mysterious number three. He ends up breaking a couple of tackles, has some Exeter players running into each other and able to break it across the 30-yard line. It looks like they'll give him the 35, which is where the Cedars will start. And again, 57-0 in favor of Exeter. Jerry's been keeping the running tally here, which is a absolute doozy. It's almost in, if we did it in Darren's font of, you know, size 50, <laughs> it would take up probably about eight pages. Hey, you're but just, this one. You're just jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous of my young eyesight. I absolutely am. So, Darren, I just saw him typing on my computer, and I was wondering why things were getting added without me typing. <laughs> this one, a run up the gut as Lebanon, I think, content just to <laughs> bleed this clock into halftime so that we can get to the homecoming celebration, name a homecoming king and queen, and, you know, maybe be in home in time for Melrose Place. That's a Mighty Ducks reference, by the way. That's right. Miles Brandt on the tackle there after a gain of about four. Call it second and six. As the clock continuing to run here, like I said, I think the Cedars just... Biding their time, looking to escape this first half. Bringing back nightmares of last season. It's once again a handoff up the gut. Exeter stops it after a gain of about two, maybe three. They'll march off half the distance here. It'll be third down. And it looks like they may have to run one more play to walk into halftime. It'll be third down and three on the 42. Once again, staring at the second-team defense of Exeter. They still have a couple first guys in there. Joey Reedy on the right, Karstein in the middle. There's Kyle a handful. Lash. They've got a few. A handful. The secondary, I think, is all. Secondary has changed over. That's, that's for certain. So one last play here. They will hand it off. And Lebanon will escape here with a grand total of zero first downs here in the half. As the clock will tick down, and I feel pretty confident we're going to halftime. 57 0 Exeter. And that'll be the end of the first half. As we'll walk out to Sammy Hagar here. If you'd like another reference of a movie that this plays in, it's Back to the Future Part 2. It's a deep, it's not that deep of a cut. Anyway, 
Can't drive 55, but the Exeter Eagles can put up 57 points here. An extended halftime. Maybe we'll talk about movies during halftime again <laughs> as we're going to have some time to kill during Lebanon homecoming. But again, 57-0 Exeter going into the half. We will cruise to halftime, pay some thanks to some sponsors, and come back to recap a doozy of a first half when we return on the Exeter Sports Network.
Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine in or take out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. Tackle your toughest health challenges without ever leaving your home. Penn State Health On Demand lets you see a health care provider on your schedule wherever you are. Simply open the app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer and meet one-on-one with board-certified experts in urgent care and select specialties. You can get a diagnosis, request a prescription, or even get a referral if needed. Learn more at pennstatehealth.org slash on-demand. Sneaker Villa in the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perkyoman Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. You're listening to Exeter Eagles Football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. So back here, 57 nothing. Sorry, I couldn't tell who was taking it because I literally can't see Darren. I, I I'm keep hiding turn, behind the wall. I yeah. keep turning to my right, and all I see is Jerry. Oh. And <laughs> it's not quite the same. The There's pleasure just a, is all yours, Ryan. The pleasure is all yours. <laughs> but I keep turning like I'm actually talking to you through the wall. I'm not quite sure why my brain is the way that it is, but here we are. Wait, let me get my sunglasses I, on at night. <laughs> Listen. It was very bright when Darren was looking across the other side of the field, staring directly onto the surface of the sun. That's right, and as the game went along, of course, being on this side of the wall, I didn't readily have them uh, available to me. So it was a matter of, okay, I'll do what I have to do with what I had. And Well, and it felt like about a uh, – I mean, we did time it because at one point in time I did say it was a 38-minute first quarter. So after that – you know, right now we're looking at 8.07 on the wristwatch, and we're five minutes into halftime, so it was a much shorter second quarter. Uh, you were not expecting the sun to be down by the end of the first quarter. That's exactly right. And, of course, we'll talk about this game, but, hey, let's give everybody a rundown of all the games in our area that are being played tonight, shall we? Wilson, of course, a 15 nothing lead at Cedar Crest. That was in the second. All the other ones, we don't really have scores for them. We're just going to let you know that they're playing tonight. When we do have them, we'll let you know. Mannheim Township visiting Hempfield. Of course, 
Exeter will play both. Uh, they'll play Hempfield next week, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that game is. Penn Manors at Reading. Exeter, of course, here. Governor Mifflin playing at Muhlenberg. Mannheim Central at Warwick. In fact, is it Warwick next week, Brian? It is Warwick yeah. next week, and then yeah. it's at Hempfield. That's right. That is the game that I will be calling for somebody else. Sorry, Jerry. So continuing with the games, effort is at Daniel Boone. Garden spot visiting Fleetwood. Elizabeth Towns at Twin Valley. Why I'm missing at Elko. Conrad Weiser at Octorera. Berks Catholic at Donegal. Lampeter Stroudsburg and Cocalico mixing it up. Hamburg visits Kutztown. Schuylkill Valley at Peckway Valley. Lancaster Catholic at Northern Lebanon. Columbia is at Anvil Cleona, not too very far from where we are right now. Plymouth, Plymouth White Marsh visiting McCaskey, and finally Solanco is at Conestoga Valley. Well, that took about, I don't know, 25 seconds or so, so we continue on with the halftime program. There Ryan. are some score updates from those, uh, one of which, oh, you did say Wilson leading Cedar Crest 15 nothing. So you already got that one. Cam Jones, a 27-yard touchdown, his second of the night. As the Bulldogs currently leading the Falcons, Mifflin leading Muhlenberg 35 nothing. And then Penn Manor, a barn burner against the Red Knights as a 9-0 lead over the Pretzel City. Again, we can wind down exactly what's happened in this one. It will take me a while, just like it took you. Oh, sorry, one more halftime score update. It's actually Wilson 15, Cedar Crest 7, so the Falcons getting on the board. Wilson has won like every single game against the Falcons since the beginning of time, as I believe that they've lost only four times to the Falcons. Uh, it's their third longest stretch of winning streak against any opponent, if I was reading correctly earlier today. Also, Elizabethtown leading Twin Valley 18-14 to at the half, as the Reading Eagle having some score updates. Hamburg leading Kutztown 28-0 at halftime. And that's probably about it. But looking forward to this game, 57-0. As we go along here, Exeter picked off the first play by Lebanon and then promptly fumbled the football two plays later. And like I said, we basically got a fresh start from there. Lebanon, yeah. Lebanon yeah. went three and out, and Karstein on the second possession after a basically, what, a 10-yard punt by Lebanon ends up scoring uh, almost immediately uh, for the 6-0 lead. That's right. It was one of those, that 19-yard touchdown run, uh, the missed PAT afterwards. But needless to say, that's where Exeter started asserting themselves up front, just big holes, gaping holes to run through. And Richie Karstein got Exeter on the board first. Well, like I said, a lot of this is just going to be one, maybe two plays as the ensuing kickoff by Exeter. The balls stopped at the one-yard line. The returner took it into the end zone. Fumbled the football, and Exeter recovered for a touchdown. Missed the extra point on that one. Then the ensuing possession, it was the Jonathan Martin interception. Mason Rotelli marched it in from six yards out. The next possession was the Isaiah Choi touchdown run. Uh, that will actually go as a pass, I believe, because it is that little pitch. He went 14 yards to the house. And then the second quarter, Joey Schlaffer stripping the ball, picked up by Reedy, and then Pascal a touchdown. And then Zandir taking it to the house 
for our 57-0 halftime lead. Well, it didn't take as long as I thought, but. And don't forget, don't forget that 70-yard pass play from Rotelli to Schlaffer that he took to the house. Actually, the second touchdown of that first quarter where, of course, Schlaffer just runs by the defense, gets the ball, runs to the corner of the end zone, and literally scoring in no time. But uh, needless to say, just showing the potency as far as what Exeter can do. Yeah, needless to say, Schlaffer needed just 49 receiving yards uh, to tie the Exeter all-time lead in that category. Right. With that 70-yarder, he broke it. So he now holds the program record in career catches, in touchdown grabs, and now receiving yards as well. Just phenomenal to be able to see such talent on the field. Of course, uh, Michael Manet was, or Menet, I, am, I always mess up his last name, my apologies. But, of course, knowing that he went through the Exeter program and, and where he's gone and being able to see Joey Schlaffer out here and excited as far as what he'll be able to do as he moves further into his collegiate athletic experience but just really really neat to see these kids out here uh, obviously promoting the Exeter program as they do and, and they're fantastic kids to boot so a uh, double bonus yeah I mean we came in with a lot of promise this year we talked ad nauseum last week about not necessarily how disappointed it, it, it was in the early goings here you know it's very tough to to not say oh look they're 4-0 there were certainly some things to improve on and this was the type of game, we talked about it a little bit while on break, but this was the type of game that we kind of expected against some of these lesser opponents in the early goings. Maybe expected it against West York, maybe expected it against Boyertown. Finally have it here tonight that quite literally everything has clicked for Exeter. Thinking of along those lines when I was preparing for tonight's game, thinking about, yes, because I'm a defensive-minded coach and we can do this better and we can do that better. The bottom line is, as you know, Ryan, the wins have been substantial. The wins have they been have. convincing. It's not as if it's, oh, well, they messed up. I mean, that's where our mind goes to because we want them to play flawless football so when they get to those teams that we know they can't make those mistakes against. But at the same time, you have to give them props, especially, again, a night like tonight. Yes, they're supposed to win but they're going out and they're doing exactly that. How can you, you, you really can't say, yeah, you can pick, well, he, he put the ball on the floor. Yeah, well, that's something they can obviously correct, but we always find ourselves trying not to be so critical because they're actually doing a decent job on the field. They're outscoring their opponents 143 to 27. Even more so now, they're outscoring their opponents 200 to 27 after right. this first half. So, I mean, if that's not convincing enough, they have now outscored their opponents 151 to nothing in the first half of play. So, they're doing things extremely well. It's just, this is finally the first game where you're just like, everything's running on all cylinders. This is the Exeter team that we kind of expected to come out against some lesser opponents. And, you know, against West York, you fumble a football, you get stopped on a fourth down early, you don't convert, and you don't score until the second quarter, and you're kind of dragging your feet a bit saying, yeah, okay, could have been better. You have last week against Governor Mifflin where they don't get on the board until the second quarter, and you're like, yeah, it could have been better. This is finally that game where we're not going to have literally anything negative to say in 
during halftime, during postgame, anything like that. This is that game where you're just like, yeah, this is the extra team that we thought that we would see in the early goings against some of these teams. And now, finally, mercifully, they've arrived here in game number five. And give the coaching team credit as well. Coach Bauer, of course, everybody else. Exeter knows these are the games they're supposed to win. As you know, sometimes you don't come out here with the vigor that, that you know you can have because you're playing to your competition. This is the first game where Exeter came out here knowing that we are the better team, we're going to prove it, and obviously with what we saw in that first half, just showing their dominance over uh, you know, an outclassed Lebanon team. Yeah, and you can say during those first few games, maybe you're not up to play a West York. Maybe you're not up to play a Boyertown because you're looking at game number four. You have Governor Mifflin. You have that rematch. That's the game that you want to make a statement. That's the game that you circled on your calendar. You know, you played them twice last year. You got blown out the first time. You win the squeaker in the District 3 championship against a favored Governor Mifflin team coming in as one of the top teams in the, in the not country, but coming in as one of the top teams in the entire state. This year, Exeter coming in as the number three team in 5A in the state of Pennsylvania right now. Again, second in District 3 in scoring defense, and I'm sure that number will come down after tonight. They're allowing 6.7 points per game. We'll see what the second team defense does here. But, you know, this is an Exeter team that finally, like I said, maybe you get that Governor Mifflin game off the schedule and you say, all right, that's over with. Now we can focus on what's coming ahead. And this is that game where they just absolutely took it to Lebanon early. You had the early fumble, didn't let it detract from their game plan at all. They came right back and, I mean, just absolutely put the foot on the gas here, 57-0. Zero items to complain about here in the first half. You know, you take a look at what individual players have been doing thus far. Richie Karstein, he's fourth in Burks. He gains 357 yards on 51 carries, four TDs, but most importantly, a hefty seven yards a carry, Ryan. 7.31. And you know, yeah, you, you give that kind of running back the kind of space that he gets, seven yards a shot, short second down two, second and threes, and obviously the probability of first downs moving down the field, obviously your your odds are improved. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, he's, he's also fourth in all of Lancaster Lebanon League Section 2 as well. So actually, props to Giovanni Cavana up at Muhlenberg. We'll see them a little bit later. He's running at nearly 11 yards a clip. He put on an absolute showcase against Lebanon last week uh, where the Mules ended up taking it to the Cedars putting up over 40 points in that one. He has eight touchdowns to his credit. But, yeah, going back to Richie Karstein, again, you have a running back running at over seven yards a clip, and you talk about simplifying the offense and how easy Exeter can make things with sucking in the defense when you have Karstein running between the tackles. You have the safeties pressing down a little bit. And then you just bang it over the top. You have your big wide receivers. How many times have we seen them just absolutely bomb it to Schlaffer? We haven't even seen uh, anything from Zandir this week. But both of them offering over 20 yards a clip. I mean, taking a look at some of the other stuff that's going on in Section 2. And there's absolutely nowhere even close 
uh, when it comes to receiving yards. I somehow lost that on mine, but oh, there's receiving yards. Yeah, Joey Schlaffer coming in third in section two, but leading all of section two with five touchdowns, now six after tonight, but coming in averaging, averaging over 20 yards, 20.43, and that number's gonna go up because he has two catches for 81 yards here tonight. That's you know, exactly throwing right. Throwing a 70-yard touchdown catch, it's going to skew some things. So that number is going to go absolutely through the roof as he's over uh, 360 yards here on the season. That's right. We can't forget, of course, who's throwing him that football, Mason Ritelli. First in Burks in passing efficiency. He's completing 33 of 49 coming into this game. It's over 67%, 591 yards. You mentioned this in the pregame, ATDs to one INT. And I don't know what the rating system actually is, but if it's 218.46 and it's literally 120, 130 higher than the second-ranked quarterback, I'd say that's pretty good. I'd say that they made the right decision at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. Don't you? Absolutely. I mean, everything's working to plan. Yeah, you know, I love it when a plan comes together because That's it absolutely right. has. As Schlaffer now with 16 receptions, all coming from somebody who hadn't thrown a football in his entire career here in Exeter. These are his first passing attempts in now his fourth season as a senior. Ended up winning it outright over Schlaffer. Could have had Joey Schlaffer throwing to Rotelli or Schlaffer throwing to Zandir, how different the offense would have looked had that happened. But certainly, you know, nothing to complain about here. He has absolutely done everything that you've asked him to. He hasn't turned the ball over. He's only thrown two interceptions all season. He's able to move the chains with his feet as well. Zero things to complain about with Mason Rotelli. And if he's getting it done this early in the season, very excited to see what he can do a little bit later on. The great thing about Exeter is we're, we're talking about the offense. Of course, we're gushing over players because they're just putting up phenomenal numbers, the poise of Rotelli and, of course, the other guys. But, of course, if we take a look at the defense as well, they're only allowing 168 total yards per game. 71 on the ground, 96 through the air. Ryan, look, we're, we're looking at obviously it's a zero on the scoreboard, but it's a it, it, it's the huge reason why the first team defense hadn't given up any points until, of course, one touchdown to Governor Mifflin, and that wasn't until the third quarter of that game. Well, when you think about it, probably most of those yards came in that second half against Boyertown when they subbed in the second team defense. That's right. Because that was Coley Savage running Rickshaw over the second team defense, and that was, you know, absolutely something that probably shouldn't have happened. You know, that was the game where, you know, Coach Bauer said, yeah, maybe I subbed in my second team defense a little too early because uh, Boyertown putting some points up on the board late in that one. But, you know, you take that away. And I mean, this first team defense is just suffocating. I, you, you make it so easy for them, and it starts with the defensive line because they are getting so much pressure on the quarterback that literally they can't stay in the pocket long enough to throw anything down the field. And we've seen that progress here, and it's finally reached kind of a fever pitch here against Lebanon because they've had zero time to do anything. Uh, you saw it a little less so, like Daniel Boone was able to throw the ball down the field a little bit, take some, some shots. They weren't successful doing it in that first game, but you've seen them ramp it up every single game now. 
And now here in game five, you're just watching them absolutely just bowl right through an offensive line that, like I said, they're not small guys. You look at them out on the field, yeah, they're a little bit short. They have a lower center of gravity, but they are big linemen that they are just absolutely bowling over on their pursuit of the quarterback. And again, Lebanon has had zero time to do anything tonight. They haven't been able to run the football uh, other than, you know, towards the end of the second quarter here, and they haven't been able to throw the football further than basically line of scrimmage. They've ran that screen play probably four or five times, and each time it's been unsuccessful. The first time it was picked off. So you're looking at this defense that once they get going downhill, they are very difficult to stop. And if their defensive line is able to generate that much pressure going forward, again, you're going to be looking at one of the top defenses in the entire state moving forward because you're unable to stop them. You're not going to be able to throw the ball down the field. You're not going to be able to do the things that will be a successful offense because they're just so darn suffocating. It's really a joy to watch week in and week out. It really is. Now, of course, as much as we do talk about what's going well for Exeter, one of the things, and I know we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about it, as far as turnovers, now they are plus two coming into this game. I'm sorry. Yeah, a plus two in the turnover uh, margin. They Once took again, the ball away seven times, but they've given it up five. And if there is something that does have to be cleaned up, yes, they put it on the turf earlier in this game as well. When you start playing those tougher teams, you can't, you can't give the ball away as they have been. So certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Yeah, and I'm sure it's something that Coach Bauer will stress to Richie Karstein. You know, we've seen him put the ball on the turf a handful of times. We saw it early on against Daniel Boone that he fumbled the football. That, kind of, that time Coach Bauer kind of pulled him aside, and we ended up seeing a heavy dose of Carter Redding. We ended up seeing Caceres uh, very early in that game. We haven't seen him nearly as much here going forward because of Karstein holding on to that football until tonight. Uh, but, again, I think that the way that Exeter bounced back here after giving the football away, that it very easily could have been a West York situation, right, where you fail on fourth down, you have Zandier fumble inside the five. It becomes kind of that snowball effect that, oh, crap, you know, here we go. We're not going to be able to do much of anything. Like, everything is, is kind of ending in disaster. And here they bounced right back. You know, there's something to be said, yeah, Lebanon maybe not a worthy opponent, but certainly – West York wasn't either. And for Exeter to come back and bounce back after coughing up the football, I think that's something that you didn't necessarily see early on. So it is a positive sign moving forward, even if you're going to put the ball on the turf. That is true. I will certainly give you that. It's, it's good to see how they respond to that adversity. And tonight they certainly have responded positively. Well, so, and it helps when Rotelli's only thrown two picks. Yeah. <laughs> then again, when yeah. you're aiming at a six foot five and six foot six wide receiver, you can aim high enough that you're not going to worry about too many interceptions. You're not exactly killing any worms trying to, uh, you know, throw it low to these guys. You're throwing it tall for them to go up and get it. Uh, certainly makes your life easier as a quarterback. I've never had the opportunity to throw to that kind of target, so you know you really have to throw it high. <laughs> if you're going to miss him, and it's nice to be able to have that luxury. Again, we talk about how simple this offense is, and that really comes down to it. Now, maybe against better teams, you'll be able to see them zero in, but it's going to be very difficult because you try to zero in on Karstein, 
you know, even when you start playing the Hempfields of the world, the Mannheim Centrals, the Warwicks, uh, coming up the last three games of the season, like it, or not last three games because we do play Warwick very uh, in very short order here. But again, later on in the season, they're going to have to pick their poison because this Exeter team has shown, yeah, you want to stop Karstein? That's fine. You're going to do so at the expense of opening up one-on-one coverage with Joey Schlaffer or Zach Zandier. You want to take away the outside? That's perfectly fine. We can throw our tight ends right down the seam. You want to take away the inside? That's fine, too. Schlaffer can move outside. We can run the football on you then, too. You know, there's so many options for this Exeter offense. Again, you look at a 57-0 scoreline, you start to see that promise that we were kind of hoping for early, and you just you can't help but gush over the weapons that they have here on offense. And as long as they keep rolling the way that they have and not make mental mistakes, not turning the ball over, this is a very special team, and they could go deep. Certainly, you know, looking at Lancaster Lebanon in the uh, in Section Two play here. Certainly, looking at districts, and you know, who knows? Even beyond that, uh, this is a team that is built, uh, you know, to have success very deep into the postseason. It's it's very hard not to see, uh, you know, what they're able to do going forward and not have success doing it. We talk about the options that they have on offense. Just look at the running back. You've got Karsteen. If something happens there, you got Carter Redding. If the two of them can't do it, you got Caceres. If for whatever reason they can't do it, now you can bring in Pascal or you can put Jonathan Martin back there. I mean, they've got so many weapons, so many options that however you try to defense against them, they have, they have the options to give you that second look and cause a defensive coordinator nightmares. And we talk all the live-long day about the type of weapons that they have running back at the skill positions, right? So yep. you're talking that you're able to march out Joey Schlaffer, run him from a tight end position next to the line, run him in the seam, run him on the outside. You're able to utilize him in so many forms right. that it's very difficult to key in on any one thing that he does. Uh, well, I should say it's very hard to key in only on him because you open yourself up to oh we have six foot five Zach Zandier you have Isaiah Choi running off the side there on the on the uh, little pitch pitch play that they ran three straight times for 58 yards so it's it, it really is pick your poison and a lot of it comes down to that offensive line we talked about it an awful lot before the Daniel Boone game about how they just open up holes and they block well for their quarterback it really starts and stops with them. Uh, and if they're moving forward to any degree of success, that's that offensive line that's going to get them there. That's right. We are ready to start the third quarter. Derek Infante has the ball on the tee for Lebanon. And, Ryan, this is one of those where I have a depth chart for Exeter, but I don't have the entire roster, so you may be helping me out as far as who has what. So Pascal picks the ball up around the 35. He's on his feet, crosses the 50, gets into Cedars territory. They're going to mark him down at the 48-yard line, maybe even the 47, and that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. Well, Darren, I'm just happy that we talk football the entire halftime. That's awfully surprising for us. How about that? Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But, again, it's – we finally reached a point in one of these games where we get to gush over the Exeter Eagles and not be so darn hard on a team, you know, giving up a whopping seven points a game. So that is true. That is true. Hard I, to believe. I very well may have to get my entire list here because we've got a new quarterback. Pascal is to his right. 
if single receiver left and right. And if it's number 12, it's Gavin Miller into the game as Miller will take the quarterback keeper across the 40. Sorry. That, no, you're, nope. you're calling play-by-play play That's in the third. all right. No problem at all. He gets up to the 40-yard line. Give him a play of about seven yards. I'm still just jealous of your first quarter, so <laughs> that's all. It's a quarterback keeper up the middle, so give him seven. It'll be second and three from the 40-yard line for Exeter. Yeah, just a little draw play there, design play, and able to go off right tackle for a solid seven. So Ryan Miller suffering from quarter envy. <laughs> that's all. Miller in the gun, Pascal to his right, single receivers left and right. Here's the snap. Of course, I think at this point they're just milking the clock a little bit. He takes the snap, hands it to Pascal. He's running left, gets through the initial line. He'll take the 35. It'll be a first down for Exeter. That's where they'll put him. It'll be first and 10. It's just such a quick burst from Pascal, too, because he is through that line of scrimmage before the hole even looks like it's developing, right? I mean, he's absolutely just bombs away full steam ahead and like I said I'm surprised that a hole is even able to be open because of how hard he is hitting that line of scrimmage give him the 34 we're at a running clock 10 and a half to go Miller in the gun sidecar left single receiver right left here Miller is going to do a quarterback keeper around left edge not a whole lot there maybe give him a yard it'll be second and nine for Exeter and that time he had Justin Prizer in the backfield with him just a prizer at all a five foot five buck thirty trying to act as a lead blocker. Probably not going to work to any degree of success. Probably but. not. That's a good I can't, that's a good decoy right there. I can't imagine why not, but he'll get one yard on the keeper. So Miller in the gun, sidecar left, single receivers left and right. He's looking over the defense. Takes the snap. It's a handoff running right. He's got the line of scrimmage, but as he gets to the 30-yard line, he's pushed back. So give him three yards, and it'll be third and six. Blake Watson, in, sorry, Blaze Watson in on the stop there for the Cedars. Yeah, just absolutely getting popped there at the 30. I actually thought we'd see Blaze Watson in the backfield for Lebanon watching some film. He got the majority of the carries, but obviously not the main threat this evening. So Miller in the gun. Who's behind him? Uh, that would still be good old number 30, Justin Prizer. All right. So Prizer fakes the handoff. Miller rolling right, throwing it underneath to Genuine Stutzman, running free inside the 10, down to the 5-yard line. He's knocked out of bounds. It'll be first and goal Exeter. Well, just the third player, believe it or not, in a 57-0 game to actually receive a pass here tonight. As you are right, it is genuine Stutzman, six foot three. I don't know what's in the water here in Exeter, but I imagine that he's not done growing yet as a sophomore. Probably not. Six three, one seventy-five. There is some laundry on the field, though. So he got down to the five. They're talking to the Lebanon coaches. This one's going to come back. A poor. Oh, they're calling a personal foul actually against and Lebanon an and an ejection. Yeah. Wow. I didn't see anything egregious, but it must have come at the end of the play there. Must have been a targeting call. That's the only real reason that I could imagine. Apparently so. They're walking it off from the 25-yard line. He actually got down to the 10. So I would think that the ball is going to be marked at the end of the play unless they give him half to the goal line and put it on the 5. I would imagine it's after the end of the play because they are going to put it on the 6. And that didn't even come at the end of the play. That happened right where the 
blocking was happening there at the 20. That's right. So Exeter, they continue to walk it down even further inside the five-yard line, maybe to about the three. So I'm not sure who it was. It looks like it might be number 76 here, one of the linemen, which would check out because he uh, does have his helmet off and he's walking away from the entire team. Miller takes the shotgun snap, runs right up the middle, crosses the goal line. It's a touchdown Exeter. That's one of those where you're just going to run your plays and try to stop us. So it does look like that was the uh, Lebanon number 76, Giovanni Denicola, a senior guard who was ejected from the game. Sorry, not that the touchdown isn't exciting, but we've called so many of them here tonight. Well, when you Decreasing get Decreasing enthusiasm for each one. When you get to 63, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we've got a new kicker as well, Ryan. Why don't you share who that is? I will once I can move my paper out of the way here. Number 35, Robbie Gaston. And that one nearly hits the umpire <laughs> underneath the uprights. Can't, can't no get it through the uprights. So we, we've got 8.13 to go here in the third. The touchdown makes it Exeter 63, Lebanon nothing. We'll be back with more third quarter action. You know what, Ryan, maybe if, if Exeter gets it back, I'll just throw it over to you so you can call more than two touchdowns tonight. We'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with more third quarter action after this. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. 8.13 to go. Here comes the kickoff. It's taken by Lebanon at the 25. Brought across the 30 to the 35, bringing it to the 40. That's where he's tackled. That was Ja'Kai Metlock, a 5'8 junior running back. Once again, work... Once again, working on that uh, left-hand side, so certainly something that they saw on film because they have not tested the right-hand side of the Exeter line there on kickoffs. He's brought down by Joel Umarino. Somebody charging their phone here next to me. No, it is dead. Like dead, dead. So Castro comes out in the gun for Lebanon. Sidecar right, single receiver left, two right. Here's the snap, the handoff, trying to go right up the middle. It's Mason. There is nothing there. He's stacked up for no gain. Well, a large part of it is he ran into his own offensive lineman. Never helps. As, yeah, as Adam Bowers, a well, he's a tight, tight end, outside linebacker, middle linebacker as a senior here, and he literally ran right into him and ends up barely getting back to the line of scrimmage. 7-15 with the running clock. Castro again in the gun, sidecar right, two receivers right, one left. Here's the snap. 
It's another handoff to Mason. He's running left. He's got the 40, the 45, cuts it back inside, takes the 50 into Exeter territory. Take him down to the 48-yard line. It'll be a first down for the Cedars. We'll mark it down at 6.55 and 8.39 here p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lebanon Cedars with their first first down of the evening here in the third quarter. Unbelievable. The defense Exeter has, and obviously a lot of second, third teamers right now. Great experience for them. But give credit to the Cedars. They're still fighting. Castro in the gun, sidecar right. Two receivers right, one left. Here's a handoff Mason right up the middle. He'll take the 45, get down to the 40. Now they'll give him the 39. Call it second and three. That time Cameron Halizak closing in, making the tackle for the Eagles. Gain of eight on the play will be second and two. Lebanon breaks the huddle. Castro will be in the gun. Sidecar right, two receivers right, one left. There's the snap, the handoff, running off left tackle, trying to get to the 35, but he's stacked up. That time stood up by... It's a good thing that I have the entire roster here because it's number 35, Joel Omarino, a six foot two, 210 freshman playing linebacker for the Eagles. And I don't even have number 24 on my roster for Lebanon. So unfortunately, as is the case in times like this, we'll let you know if we know who it is. Doubtful. <laughs> Highly doubtful. The clock is running, so we'd have a very limited amount of time here. That's right. Castro hands it off. Running left. He gets the 25 still churning away. He'll get to the 32-yard line. This time, Zamar Pascal doing it on the defensive end, making the stop. Looks like they'll mark it just inside the 33, a gain of about four, call it second and six. So, gentlemen, we have a little bit of an announcement here. Next Thursday night at the New Birdies Inn, we're going to be doing a live edition of the Exeter Football Roundup. Uh, based on an idea that Ryan had. Go back to it, Darren. Castro with the snap, hands it off. They run it off left guard. He'll get inside the 30. They'll mark it about the, let's see, 28-yard line. Give or take. Maybe a yard shy of a first. Call it third and one. Nope, now they're finally going to say it's a first down. Move the chains. Then it'll be first and ten for the Cedars. Yeah, so six yards on the play. But yeah, it gave Jerry the idea of doing a – Jerry's been doing the uh, the football roundup, spending his Saturday afternoons editing and cutting everything down so that uh, we can have a nice, tidy – I don't know, th this week might be about 15 minutes long. But might be. Here's the handoff up the middle. This is Kai Rivera, a 5'11", sophomore. So we were at Birdie's two weeks ago, and Ryan said this would be a great place to do a podcast from. So John Moravich, the owner, was there, and I said, yo, John, we got a suggestion over here. And he said, yep, I'm in. And we hammered out the details. We're going to have players there. We're going to have coaches there. We're going to try to get them to get uh, we'll have a lot to talk all about. of the highlights, yeah, and, and we'll put them up on the video screen. And uh, we're going to do a live podcast Why from not? Birdie's. 
So five yards on the prior play. It's second and five. Here's a handoff. He wow. runs through a hole on the left-hand side, finally dragged down inside the five to about the three. So a first and goal for the Cedars off that run. Yeah, breaking through into the secondary, Josh Terman basically jumping on his back and dragging him down inside the five. So that will be Thursday night at 6.30 at the New Birdies Inn, which is wing night, by the way. Come join us. Yeah, come out and join us, absolutely. Let, let's jam the place and uh, if if we you can, can hang out and talk Exeter football. If you can find New Birdies Inn, we have this thing you should called be there. Google. A running play off the right side goes into the end zone for the Cedars, and at the 2.38 mark of the third, they're on the board. And the home crowd rejoices. That will stop the clock. It's the moral victory piece. And the nice play flashing up on the uh, home scoreboard. 63-6 <laughs> to six now in favor of Exeter. You know, I'm looking at the scoreboard and the graphic that just went by for a touchdown reminded me of maybe like 1992 Nintendo. Here's the two-point conversion running up the middle. Why not? Gets across and he's got it. 2.38 to go here in the third. It's Exeter 63. Lebanon 8. We'll be back with more third quarter action. This is the Exeter Sports Network. New Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The New Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Derek Infante will put the ball in the air for Lebanon. Who do we got back there, Ryan? That's a good question. If I could squint hard enough to see his number. Number, number 33. It was 33. He's not going to field it, though. It's going to end up being Gavin Miller, and he gets a pop. Yeah, That'll that excite was, the home crowd more than the touchdown did. That was absolutely a shot, and he's getting up slow. Yeah, they're going to. Stop the clock here. It wasn't Gavin Miller, by the way. It was actually Jaden Zandier. Jaden Zandier with the touchdown earlier in the game. He, I believe, of the INT pick six. Zandier is still down. And Exeter will come out to check on him. Yeah, Zandier, the 53-yard INT earlier in the game. That's right. Ends up taking the short kickoff. You had Shintaro Ogawa back there waiting to receive, and it ended up being about five yards shy of where he was positioned at. Two players untouched. Pretty much nailed him at the same time, bent him back a little bit, so hopefully he's okay. Hopefully. 63-8. to eight. I was actually looking to see if this would be a scoregami in the NFL. If you're not familiar with scoregami, they actually keep track of all the different scores that have ever happened in the NFL. And if there's ever a unique one, they call it a scoregami. 63-8 to eight has never happened. That's very interesting. It is really interesting. There's a handful of 
scores that also haven't happened. There's a 73-0. There's also a 72-41 game. I don't think we're hitting that. But Yeah, that's the Redskins and Bears championship game. How do you know that? Because I'm a Redskins fan. Oh, that's right. I was going to say. They're not the Redskins anymore. That is a 72-41 to 41 Redskins over the Giants. Ah, the Giants. Oh, wow. November 27th, 1966. I knew it was the Redskins. It's the one and only time that has happened. You were a year old, Darren. I remember the game well. There's been a 63-7 game. That was the Steelers over the Giants as well. Good God. Those poor Giants. That was in 1952. But here we are, 63 to 8, running clock. 2.15 to go here in the third. We're back over the ball. Riley Martinez, the freshman at quarterback for the, for the Birds. He's in the gun, sidecar left, single receiver left and right. It's going to be a quarterback keeper. Tries to run it outside, but he's run down, dragged down at the 25-yard line. So it'll be a considerable loss on the play. We'll see where they ultimately mark. It looks like the 26. About five or six. So call about a loss of six. It'll be second and 16. Boys, we got one other thing to cover. Uh, news this week. We signed a two-year broadcast deal with Burke's Catholic again. Welcoming our dear friends, Burke's Catholic, back into the fold. We're excited to be back with them. Welcome, Burke's Catholic. Great to have you. Martin is in the gun. He's back to pass, fires it to the left. Incomplete. Who is he going after there, Ryan? Number nine. That would be number nine, Aiden Rhodes, a six-foot-one wide receiver. Ball a little bit too far to his left and high. Goes oh, out of bounds. Also took a shot at the end of that play as well. Making sure that they get every lick in that they possibly can as Emmanuel Mason coming off the edge and giving a hearty shove at the end of the play. Under a minute to go, running clock. So we'll start back up with Burks Catholic in the winter. Ryan will go back to uh, Burks Catholic to announce basketball. We'll also be doing wrestling over there as well as at Exeter. I will not be calling wrestling. Want to bet? Martin is in the gun while they have their little feud over there. Takes the snap, tries to hand it off, does. Doesn't go anywhere, though. Handing off to Ogawa again. So really no gain, maybe even loss of a couple yards yet, but it'll make it fourth down. And that will probably be the last play here of the third quarter. So we've played three full. It's the Eagles 63, the Cedars 8. We'll be back with Ryan in fourth quarter action. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. 
This is the Exeter Sports Network. Back here for fourth quarter action. 63-8 to eight in favor of the Exeter Eagles. You jumped in just at the right time because you go through a blip and I'm all ready to start the fourth quarter. It's like, oh, yeah, it's you. <laughs> well, you've already called everything else interesting in this game, so you may as well just continue. <laughs> so let's wrap uh, you up know that what? first You know what? Cat. I owe you one. All right? Next time we're together, uh, I'll uh, – I did more a, than a, enough talking at halftime a, a for both drink, of us, I a think. A drink on me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So to wrap up that Burke's Catholic announcement, we're, we're thrilled to be back with them and uh, couldn't be happier. Bill Hess, the head of school, and Dave Stoller, the AD over there, uh, we're, we're, j we're just itching to get back to work. Right, Ryan? I'm excited to uh, do some work about five minutes from my house in West Reading. So this one blown dead before we even start. It's a false start on Exeter. We'll walk it back. So I believe that we're doing boys and girls basketball. Yes, sir. We will be doing 12 boys, six girls basketball, and eight wrestling matches for both schools. And, and it will probably be more than that. Once we get rolling, we'll probably throw in a couple extra games. Well, Jerry will be bringing you wrestling because I'm not sure that I can handle that. This one, punt right to the 50-yard line, drawn back, and finally getting knocked back again, still on his feet has finally taken down behind the 50, and we're going to have some extracurriculars here. I was waiting for a flag. There looked like there was There's a laid hit from Exeter. Uh, the later, the, the flag came in after the fact, but uh, it looked like there could have been a late piling on against Exeter at the time, but they threw the flag after the scrum. It was well after the scrum. It's the unnamed number three. One thing I will say, obviously Exeter's, Parents, fans, they show up. Give Lebanon's fans and student section, give them credit as well. They've got, obviously, a challenging season, a challenging situation with the football team, but they're coming out in droves to support, and that's always great to see. They are. It also helps that it's homecoming. I was going to say that, but I figured, <laughs> so, you know what? I was willing to give them the benefit I, of the doubt. I don't know what their regular attendance looks like. But, yeah, sure. Decent crowd here tonight for the Cedars. So they try to sort out exactly who shoved who. Stops the clock. Which you're wondering why. Just play it out. May as well. We could have been almost out of here by this time after they get things sorted. Well, when you are the referee and you pull out the notepad, you know it's going to be a while. Sounds promising. Now we're talking to the Lebanon head coach as well. The Lebanon cheerleaders are right down in front of us, and they certainly are very peppy, are they not, gentlemen? Yeah, peppy's a word. They also look really warm, too. <laughs> All of them wearing their jackets and pants. Well, I did something that we haven't had to consider thus far. Last week, game time, I think it was about 80 degrees Game time tonight, 61 degrees. So obviously getting ready for this one, a little bit different as obviously we've got to think about what we're wearing. Now we're finally ready to announce this, and we'll see if, I guess, if there are any ejections. Personal foul against Lebanon. 
and he's ejected. So I would imagine that it's number three. He has his helmet off. He's kind of shrugging his shoulders and saying, yeah, was that me? And that's uh, literally the only thing that I I'm not sure why that required a notepad. Yeah, I, I, would that was I would agree with that. The other interesting piece of it is apparently when you're in high school, if you're ejected, you can still stay on the sidelines. I guess. Yeah, because number 76 is over here. He's just helmetless. So the second seater to get ejected from tonight's game. Something that we saw with the West York team, those double oh, personal yeah. fouls. Essentially, they lost their composure, and obviously in a situation like this, that can happen pretty easily, and it is very likely as to what happened. Well, you know, all it takes is a little late shove, late push here. Okay, you know, maybe a play that you take exception to, and it can turn things on its head as Lebanon will run right up the gut and gang tackle here by Exeter. As Jameer Frederick in on the tackle. 5'11", 3'06", what he's listed at. And, yeah, I can confirm that up here in the press box. Hamburg currently leading Kutztown 28-7. Wilson over top of Cedarcrest 29-13. Continuing their dominance of the Falcons. E-Town over top of Twin Valley 32-28 in the third quarter. Another handoff going off right tackle here. Across the 40-45. Finally brought down across the 45-yard line. There's my man, Joel Amarino. Gets a call again from the Cedars, but there is a flag on the play. Another flag on the play. Yeah, Amarino. They only know how to make him tall here in Exeter. I don't know what it is, but he is listed at 6'2", 210 as a freshman. Face mask against Exeter. So they'll walk this one off, and it'll be a first down. Penalty against the Eagles. Takes the second and seven. And they'll walk it down into Exeter territory. Well, Ryan, if uh, if the, the way they're growing the kids in Exeter has anything to do with the water, it's a damn shame I didn't grow up here and instead grew up in Battle Creek. Apparently it turns out five, six guys. Apparently it does. We'll see what the uh, water turns out since they sold the water treatment facility. And this one coming across the 40, down to about the 34-yard line is where they'll mark it. But, Jerry, you would have worked at Ford or something like that anyway. So do you really have to be 6'5", working at a Ford factory? Well, I'd have been working at Kellogg's probably. Oh, oh they, they hired the taller ones there? No. <laughs> They hired the smart ones. Though. Oh, okay, got it. Hooray for Battle Creek, Michigan references. That's Indeed. right. Cuts here tonight. That's right. Good old sugar pops. Another handoff going off right side across the 35-30. And inside the 30-yard line. This looks like that was Jacob Pinero in on the stop. Clock ticks down inside 9.30. We're not going to break 9 o'clock but we're going to be pretty close with the running clock. Yeah, personal foul penalty really put a damper on trying to get out of here by nine. Yeah, that obviously did take a few extra minutes, which I'm glad I didn't have the over, or the under, I should say. 
You know, I was watching. I don't know exactly where I saw it, but somebody had put a parlay on the NFL in the Thursday night game between the Steelers and the Browns, and they lost because of the last-second touchdown by the Browns. Wolf. <laughs> Penalty on the field, and it looks like it's probably a delay of game here. Let's see if the referee walks over here. It's on the offense, so they'll walk it back five yards. Did did you see that penalty? He was bumping his hands together. Um. <laughs> yep, still doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to my book to figure out what, what penalty that, penalty that one is? was. I don't know. Last week we had some interesting penalties being called, too. Well, and it's a 10 We had an offsides on the off. Well. It wasn't an offsides on the offense. It was like a false start on the defense or something like that. It was, yeah, yeah. It was really it was, bizarre. Yeah, encroachment on the offense. Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know, illegal headbutting or something. I don't know. I, I don't know what that, that call was. In the shotgun, they're going to throw the ball. Now they finally have time to chuck it down the field. He has a man, and he has it. Inside the five as finally their first chance to chuck the ball down the field. Paul, Had enough time, they hit Paul Trace. That's right. A 6'2", 165 junior gets behind the defense on the right side. Airs it out. Gets him inside the five. Well, why not? I was going to bring up earlier, you know, Lebanon not changing out a lot of their uh, first teamers here. They still have Brandon Castro in, but Castro is a sophomore, so, I mean, who else are they going to put in in his place to learn here with the second team? As Cedars will break the goal line again. Now 63-14. So the Cedars giving some credit here, still sticking with it, not turning in a real downer of a performance. Keeping their first teamers out there, still churning their legs. Getting across the goal line twice here in the late goings. That was probably Emmanuel Mason with the touchdown for the Cedars. And again, if so, still sticking with their first teamers is once again going for two. That one is caught and in for the extra two points is Derek Infante. Just outrunning the defense to the corner. They get 63-16 with 7.52 remaining here in the fourth. We'll come back to hopefully finish this one off shortly here on the Exeter Sports Network. Getting to know Jim Oswald for Pennsylvania House. Jim is a 20-year Navy veteran and business owner. Jim believes in the elimination of property taxes and fair and equitable funding for all schools. He wants to protect girls' sports and scholarships from unfair competition. He'll work to eliminate pensions for politicians. Jim wants to provide proper funding for fire departments and will work with federal officials to get more funding for EMS through Medicare. On November 8th, your choice for the PA House in the 126th District is Jim Oswald. Paid for by friends of James Oswald. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. 63-16. The Exeter band waving their phone flashlights, I guess. Pretty sure doing the uh, 
if they're waving goodbye, but if, if they're waving their their flashlights on their phone, I'd be afraid I'd be dropping it because they're like flying it around pretty good. Well, they do make pop sockets now. Is this one taken across nearly to the 50 on the short kickoff by genuine Stutzman? Set stops the clock with 7:45. They spot the football and wind the clock. And apparently the clock operator wants to enjoy tonight's game as much as they can because <laughs> they didn't start it. Well, that's my second football that I got up here. So oh, that's nice. impressive. Yeah. Well, very nice. Oh, there's a long shot. Nicely, nice single-handed grab to my right. I'm not sure where it ended up. That one did come through the window. Now, if we had a, you know, let's say a windshield sponsor, then you'd hear the ksh. Oh, it is a Penn State Health. Look at that. Except it's Milton Hershey. So this is illegal substitution on Exeter. It'll back them up five. We had a Penn State Health uh, Milton Hershey football thrown into the press box. They were probably trying to hit Jerry. Now, Jerry's fully covered here with the window. I'm the only one with the window oh, open. Oh, it would have been you. Well, hey, nice throw. Here in the shotgun, <laughs> Gavin Miller back into the game. He'll hand off, this time going to Darid Cineros. Jerry wants to yell down. There's a gentleman down here with, I believe, his daughter on his lap looking for that football. Jerry just yelling dude at him. Uh, what is he wearing a hat? Tell me who he is. Is it the I Yeti? Think he, I think Can he, you yeah. get it? There you go. There we All go. All right. Nicely done. Apparently goes by the name dude. That always works. Dude is universal. Hands off the football. Dude, bro. And we, we have happy campers. Buckaroo, you know, whatever you want to call them. This time bouncing off the right side, getting across midfield down close to the 45 of the Cedars is number 30, Justin Prizer. Prizer, I guess, would be qualified as a scat back in this offense. Five foot five, buck 30. Give him credit there. Tried to run it inside, bounced it a little to the outside. Picks up positive yards. Call it third and a long four. Third and a long four, and it looks like they will sub him out and instead put in Tyler Flanders. Set up as a tight end, but currently in the backfield next to Miller. And he'll act as a lead blocker as Miller gets spun around, maybe gets a yard. That will bring up fourth down. Clock inside of six minutes. Took it down towards five. Getting a comprehensive victory here tonight for the Eagles. Absolutely, like you said, this is this is the one that's been, yes, we are five games into the season, but it's been a long time coming and, quite frankly, good to see. It's been a bit elusive, to say the least. Hard to say for a, an offense that's been averaging 35 points a game to uh, have an elusive game and allowing less than seven as Miller on fourth down. Breaks freeze across the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. 
Another score for the Exeter Eagles. What a nice score it is, 69-16. Exeter on top with 4.38 left to play. As he breaks that one free for 45 yards. Exeter going forward on fourth down there. I think essentially my guess would be just to run the clock a little bit, but there's a huge hole on the right side. He goes in literally untouched and 45 yards to Pater. Only needed three, got 45. It's a nice trade-off. They will go for two, it looks like, as I think they're, they're just, just going to take a knee, and they right. are. Which I was wondering yeah. if he was going to slide down that inside was, the 10-yard the line. Yeah, that was a, whoops, we're sorry here. Is, yeah, they would line up in victory formation. Aiden Rhodes about 10 yards behind the play. We'll make it 69-16 in favor of Exeter with 4.38 still left to go in this one. More to come when we return here on the Exeter Sports Network. Tackle your toughest health challenges without ever leaving your home. Penn State Health On Demand lets you see a healthcare provider on your schedule wherever you are. Simply open the app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer and meet one-on-one -on -one with board-certified experts in urgent care and select specialties. You can get a diagnosis, request a prescription, or even get a referral if needed. Learn more at pennstatehealth.org slash on-demand. 69-16 in favor of Exeter. You know, I, I give Lebanon a lot of credit here. Remember when we were back in school, they would basically throw like seven footballs out? Looks like everybody's going home with a football. As there's an illegal procedure as that kickoff goes out of bounds inside the 20-yard line. Cedars will get the football, I believe, on the 40. That's where we, they started out. We need to say thank you to A.D. Carlos Sanchez and uh, all the game day personnel who treated us like princes. Carlos and staff, thank you guys very much. It is very much appreciated. I mean, a singular place to put this together would have been nice too, but... Jerry and I, nice and warm inside the press box. I can't see Darren, but I imagine he's cold. No, okay. <laughs> it's a little chillier out here. <laughs> and thankfully, changed thankfully changed his uh, from his sunglasses too, <laughs> so he can actually see the rest of this game, which is nice. That always helps. They will get it on the forty-yard line here to start. Notice they put the. The yardage markers, remember how they were putting the yardage markers out? They picked them up. They picked them up. I guess we don't need to see where the yardage marker actually is on this side of the it's field. It's like, ah, uh, just kidding. This time a little out route comes back in for it. Able to get the first down inside Exeter territory. As they throw it inside to number two, Derek Infante, and a six-foot junior. So, And they do have... A lot of players coming back here for the Cedars, and they have played hard here in the second half. They easily could have just packed it in, ran the football a couple of times, and got out of here with a massive loss. But instead, once again, still throwing the football as they have some time to kill. They're going to chuck it down the field, getting behind the defense, tracking it down, and scoring another touchdown. 
is number 11, Braylon Beaver, another junior wide receiver as he got in behind the secondary and in for the score. Yeah, they absolutely lost track of him. He was probably a good 10, 12 yards beyond the defensive backs on the far right side. Yeah, he had enough time to turn around and track that football down, and he still, yeah, even he, as they're coming towards him, he still had 10 yards. He waited for the rainbow to drop, and it did in his arms, and he was a few yards away from the end zone and give the Cedars another touchdown. Well, who knew that we were going to put up nearly 100 points here tonight between the two sides. Once again, going for two, rolling out. And throwing it into the end zone off the fingertips. As he did have Beaver again, but unable to have enough stick him on his gloves for that one. 69-22. I said 91 points between these two sides here tonight. We still have 336 left to go. Once again, still more to come when we come back here in the fourth quarter on the Exeter Sports Network. Birdie's Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdie's has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdie's reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdie's Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. 69-22 in favor of Exeter. Is this one a line drive goes off the fingertips? Finally picked up inside the 15. It's coming across the 20-yard line, nearly getting decapitated is Justin Prizer. If he was any taller than 5'5", five five, he might be missing his head. It'll be Exeter football here. On the 22-yard line with 3.28 left to play. And there's a lot to be said for the amount of time that the second, third stringers, and who knows, maybe even fourth, have been getting tonight. So, of course, yes, it's the blowout, but just being able to get on the field and get that feel for game day, and as far as getting contact out on the field, that's huge. Oh, it certainly is. And we talked about it early in the season when you're playing teams like Boyertown where, again, Coach Bauer said, yeah, maybe I put in my second teamers a little too early. This time he almost put in his second teamers here in the second quarter because they were. And I oh, think there's 12 the players on the field again for Exeter. As we talked about it earlier, because there are a number of new players trying to get accustomed to lineups and positions and what have you, they're struggling as far as the 12 men in the huddle deal. Sure. Trying to take a look at the last time. We've had two games here in recent memory where the teams have combined for 84 points, the last being that 77-7 win last year. Trying to find the last time that we top 90 combined here in Exeter history is working up the right-hand side is Isaiah Choi, I believe. That might have been Martinez on a keeper. It was 13. Sorry, I thought I saw a seven in there. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just keep on scrolling on back, and I can't find anything quite like this game. Yeah, nothing, nothing quite like it. 78 combined points in 2015 against Garden Spot. It's going off the right-hand side. Early back to the line of scrimmage. It's just winding the clock down here. And give the Cedars credit, too. Yes, they, as you mentioned, kept their first stringers in for quite some time, but they fought to the end. They didn't give up. Uh, one of those when you're obviously getting blown out, it's real easy to throw your hands up and, and say forget it. But give them credit, they battled to the end. Yeah, you certainly see the talent differential between our first team and, and their first team. Maybe more on par with our second team here that you would have seen a, a good game had we not been spotted, you know, virtually a 40-point lead. St. Joseph is here for all of your... There's the Penn State Health read. It's getting twirled down... Behind the line of scrimmage is Tyler Flanders. And a shout-out to Penn State Health. Thank you for the sponsorship. Yeah, nothing quite like it as I keep continuing back here on Burke's game day. And I'm sure at some point in time, Mike Drago will have something up on his website about it. And I think the referee is content just to let this go until they start the clock and the last play has occurred. That would be the merciful thing to do. Nope, they forced Exeter to take a timeout. 31.2 seconds left. Jerry, you could probably keep playing that Penn State read if you wanted to. Okay. I mean, I could just read it, too. Why don't you? Well, Go I'll, ahead. Re I'll read the other one. Go ahead. Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab mammography and imaging services seeing you anytime, we're ready when you need us to get back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. And we want to remind our fans where there may be some other stations in the area that will cover Exeter from time to time. We cover them like nobody else can. And we go to the lengths of the setups wherever we go to bring Exeter football to you. Well, and I'm... Quite interested here because that is number three, who I could have sworn was ejected from the game, returning the punt. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those maybe they won't recognize me. I remember my old tennis coach in high school doing that, except I was in eighth grade. He told me to go run out onto the court to play like their ninth string player and just tell him that my name was Frank. <laughs> He decided against it for fear of ruining my eligibility at some point. I feel like it was kind of that. Maybe they just threw a mustache on the kid and threw him out there. They will throw the football here. And oh. <laughs> that's going to end the game as Tyler Flanders breaking through with the monster sack to end it. Well, if you're going to get on the stat sheet, that might as well be the way to do it. You may as well. 91 combined points between the two teams, the most since at least 2006, because that's as far back as I can go. Like I said, Mike Drago will probably dig something up here 
in the coming week. But that will do it for this one. We'll recap this when we come back here on the Exeter Sports Network. Sneakerville and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. Ole Valley Feed is the area's best place for pet food and supplies and so much more. Featuring all the prime brands and your pet's favorite food. They also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products. Plus, chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks too. Ole Valley Feed carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All of this in unmatched customer service. That's Ole Valley Feed. 143 Cleaver Road in Ole, on the web at olevalleyfeed.com and on Facebook. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine in or take out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. 
Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. 69-22, your final score. These two sides combining for 91 points. Like I said, I'm sure at some point during the week somebody will figure out the last time that that happened in Exeter history. But at least for now, it's the first time in at least 16 years. Like I said, they put up 84 combined points uh, at one point in time or another over the past couple of seasons. Tonight, 91 putting up 69 points on Lebanon in a game that was never in doubt, nearly from the opening whistle. Both teams turning the ball over, just handing it back and forth to each other to start, but then Exeter getting on the board early and often as just a, an absolutely massive game here uh, for the Eagles. And like I said, kind of that, that game that we've been waiting for from the Eagles as they just absolutely take it to the Cedars. Like I said, never in doubt the entire way. Yeah, you know, when you come out with Karstein and he's going to bang you and you get that first touchdown, and then Joey Schlaffer, of course, the other big horse, and you get the 70-yard touchdown pass there. And that's, of course, two of your big three, if you want to call the triplets, but then throw everybody else in, as we've been talking about, Jonathan Martin with an INT, and the younger Jaden Zandier, of course, with the INT return. They've got so many weapons on this team, and tonight we saw they were able to obviously play a lot of those uh, second and third stringers, and they came up big as well. So not only did tonight show you what Exeter is capable of this year, but it also showed you as far as the talent that, that's going to be there later in the season here and, of course, next year too. And it's it's an exciting time to be watching Exeter football. It certainly is. And like I said, you get to see all the weapons that they have here. It feel, finally felt like all of that work over the first four games finally culminated here tonight just right. a little bit, right? Right. Like I said, you it, it almost felt like they circled Governor Mifflin on the calendar and they said that is – the game that we're waiting for and everything else maybe kind of got overlooked just a little bit, maybe a little sloppy, you know, some mental mistakes, some penalties obviously plaguing them over the first few games. And really, you didn't have much time to actually think about anything in this one because they ran out to just a massive lead in the first quarter and never had to think about any of it because they were only holding on to the football for one maybe two plays before they were <laughs> even in the end zone again. So there was really no time to have any mental mistakes tonight. So good and bad. We'll see how that all shakes out next week. Next week will be a little bit different as they come back home. They face Warwick. Warwick uh, losing tonight uh, to Mannheim Central. And 
what is absolutely uh, looking to be a final game extravaganza on the road against Mannheim. It certainly seems like Exeter uh, and the Barons have separated themselves from the rest of this Section 2 pack. Uh, Mannheim Central improved to 5-0 tonight with a 47-13 win over a 2-2 two two Warwick team that we'll see next week. But, you know, both of these teams, it certainly looks like towards the end of the season we're rumbling towards that. But as for now, you know, we played Warwick next week coming off this uh, this massive victory here tonight. And they'll look to, to keep it rolling and just keep rolling through and potentially, like I said, setting up a, a showdown for what seems to be week 10 of the season uh, between us and Mannheim Central. Uh, I hate to look that too far forward, uh, but it kind of seems inevitable at this point that that's kind of what we're marching towards. You know, bringing it back to this game, and you're right, that, that Mannheim Central game is going to be a game for the ages, no doubt. Bringing it back to this game just for a moment. You know, yeah, of course, there was a game tonight. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, one of the hardest things when you get into a game like this, Ryan, and you know this, the hardest thing is keeping continuity because you know, you know what, yeah, we're better than them. And as far as you, you can get sloppy and things of that nature, they brought the penalties down, which is a big factor going into next week against Warwick. And they played solid football. And like you said, and you know, what happens during the course of the year, and it's going to, we talk about the same thing week after week after week. Well, this was, a, this was the game that they finally came together, and it came at the right time. They're going into the teeth of their schedule now, you know, up against Warwick. And at that point now, it's to build on. It's, okay, we know what we're capable of. Now let's go make it happen. And next week, I think, is going to be a telltale sign as to where this Exeter football team is. It will probably be the best team that they've played so far. And, again, we're talking about a 2-3 and three Warwick squad mm -hmm. that was, you know, kind of ran right through by Mannheim Central here tonight. But, you know, they at least have some wins on their schedule. Mm -hmm. For a while, Daniel Boone didn't have a win. For a while, Boyertown didn't have a win either. West York, I don't believe, has a win at all. Governor Mifflin you know, has one win on their schedule. So finally, they get to, you know, hopefully see a team here that has a little bit more substance to them. Uh, so, you know, certainly getting a chance to see your second teamers is a plus, a chance to rest your starters is a plus, but also getting a chance to watch your starters uh, absolutely dominate on both sides of the football. You have to feel pretty confident going into next week. Right, and Warwick is going to present a different kind of team. They're going to be able to run the football. And at that point, Sure, our defense has been able to shut teams down to this point, understandably so, but they're going to pose a different challenge, and that's that's what I'm excited to see next week as far as how Exeter responds. Yeah, they're going to be able to run the football. They're also going to be able to throw the football, too. Right. They have Brendan Snyder, right. who is currently leading Section 2, uh, at least going into tonight's game with 26 receptions, 402 yards, second in the section in touchdowns to Joey Schlaffer. Uh, who now has six after tonight's game. But, you know, they'll be able to, to throw the rock a little bit. And you talk about running, you know, they do have Jack Reed. Uh, or, sorry, Jack Reed's their quarterback. Uh, you know, he's thrown for seven touchdowns. He has shown a, uh, you know, tendency to turn the ball over. He has four interceptions. And we'll watch the secondary next week. But, again, you'll, you're looking at at least a little bit more of a challenge here. So being able to come out here today, basically run – run through some of your, your offensive play sets, able to you know shine a light on some of these second-team guys. It's nothing but positive here tonight. 
So looking at a football score, this was the end of three. Conrad Weiser, 31, Octorera, 7. Not that it really impacts us at all, but we've been looking for stuff to talk about all night long, you know, so <laughs> why not throw that in there? Octorera, not a bad football team. They had a handful of votes on MikeDragoSports.com to, uh, you know, maybe pick up a win tonight against the Scouts. The Scouts doing uh, doing what they need to do in Robazoni tonight. That's right. But, yeah, certainly tonight, you know, it was all about that first-team offense, scoring early and often. Again, they picked off the first play from Lebanon, and that kind of set the tone. That's uh, right. You know, and, again, kudos to them. You saw it against West York, kind of a broken record at this point. But, you know, you turn the ball over twice in the first quarter, once on downs, once from a fumble, and it kind of not necessarily snowballed, but it certainly stymied them to a certain point. And this time, not the case as – you know, Karstein fumbled uh, two plays later after uh, Exeter had picked off that first play of the game. Karstein coming right back on his second possession, 19 yards to the house, putting Exeter up 6-0. Uh, and after that, I mean, that was pretty much all she wrote because Carter Redding had a 40-yard touchdown run. Rotelli scored as well from six yards out. Uh, Zamar Pascal ended up leading the entire team in rushing uh, with – Nine carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. You start diving into, you know, a handful of some of the other stats here. Rotelli threw for two touchdowns. He finished five for five for 139 yards. Ended up throwing to Schlaffer twice, once a 70-yard touchdown catch. Uh, that ended up breaking the Exeter record for yards in a career uh, for Joey Schlaffer. And then Isaiah Choi, three straight plays, three of the exact same play that mm. little <laughs> that little jet sweep toss uh and he ended up getting in so i mean it was just across the board uh, nothing but good things to say here tonight and a team with so many options even going to the receivers Choi that you mentioned you know the speed that he has to run that you know that little uh, deal to the outside carter redding of course in the backfield or he can line up as a, a wide receiver and of course talking about Joey Schlaffer, so many weapons on this team. And Mason Ritelli, the poise that he has back there, of course, it certainly helps when you have that big offensive line giving you the time to be able to look downfield or to run behind it. But so many options on that offense. We talked about the running backs earlier in the game. It's one of those where I don't want to say you can get complacent or even just a matter of, oh, yeah, you know, we saw that again. But they, they're doing it. They're doing it time and time again. Yes, ad nauseum. We probably would have liked to see it happen a little bit sooner. But it's there. They've shown it. Now it's just a matter of building on it, and let's see where it can take us. Like I said, kind of nitpicky again from us. Yeah, <laughs> for, it is. For a team it, coming in averaging just over 35 points a game, giving up less than seven, uh, a two 35 nothing score lines to their credit. It is crazy um, that we do it. but And they give up 22 points here tonight to, to Lebanon, and we're, and we're gushing over everything. That's just the kind of game that it was. This That's one right. was over very early um, you know, for, for the Exeter Eagles. So going into our Sneaker Villa players of the game, on the offensive side, because we may not get a chance the rest of the season to highlight some of these guys, we are going with some second-teamers. So the first one will be our offensive player of the game. It will be Zamar Pascal, uh, who finished with nine carries, 76 yards, and a score. And again, coming in uh, late in that uh, first quarter, early second quarter, he kind of took off uh, took off 
after, uh, you know, Karstein only had two carries, Rotelli two carries, Redding one carry. So they're like, okay, hand it off to Zamar. And they did routinely, early and often. And he got in for that one score from just one yard out. Uh, but he had runs of 37 and 24. And by the way, he started these last seven runs went for 76 yards because he his first two went for negative four yards. Uh, but Zamar Pascal, our offensive player of the game, courtesy of Sneaker Villa. That's right. And it's going to be interesting to see if they gave him the confidence to put him in tonight on a game like this saying, hey, you know what, this is going to be your time to shine. It'll be interesting to see if he isn't used later on in the season as that change of pace back because he definitely showed a burst of speed, a downhill runner hitting the line of scrimmage in, in second, third gear, and at that point the power to get it across the goal line. So it'll be fun to see him later in the season. And certainly I'm sure Coach Bauer, something that we talked about is how Early he was hitting some of those holes, maybe showing a little bit more patience going forward. Looked like he had a jet pack, jet pack attached to him uh, on certain plays. But, you know, all good things, all things that can be taught. Kids a sophomore, uh, once again, we'll hand him the, the player of the game on the offensive side of the football because we may not get the chance the rest of the season. So in a 69-point uh, offensive explosion, we get the chance to uh, to hand out to some players that we may not get to the rest of the year. Uh, but hopefully we do. Hopefully he has shown enough here that he gets to be that change of pace option. Uh, I certainly think that he's done enough here tonight to uh, to warrant further consideration going down the, uh, down the road here. On the defensive end, we will hand it off to Jaden Zandier, who had the interception return to the house. And on the second part of that, uh, it would be Carter Redding earning his second straight special teams player of the game as well. As, again, after that uh, interception to the house, he ended up running in a two-point conversion. He had a two-point conversion earlier on in the first quarter as well. Uh, so two conversions for Carter Redding. Hard not to give it to him when he seems to do this every single week, turning garbage into gold, to quote Mark Zumoff on the uh, special teams end of the football. That's right. Give Zandier a lot of credit. He cut underneath an out route here on the near side of the field, took it 53 yards to the house. So ultimately, great watching the – I think tonight was also, as far as those younger D-backs, they were able to read the quarterback's eyes. He really when, – uh, when he would go back there, he'd basically telegraph as far as where he was going with it. But it gave those younger backs – a good experience as to what to be looking for. So that 53-yard INT return for him, and you mentioned Carter Redding. Yeah, he, he makes things happen. You know, if it's a broken play, he'll make something happen earlier in the season, runs far left, throws the ball all the way back to the right to Karstein for a two-point conversion. So he's becoming our two-point conversion specialist. That must be, I believe, his fourth of the year that he's he's converted because he had that one early. And I believe that's his fourth two-point conversion of the year. So certainly you're going to keep him out there as your, uh, as your holder because if anything goes wrong, you can count on him to sniff out the goal line and get two points up on the board. But congratulations to those three players. Again, our players of the game, courtesy of one of our newest sponsors in Sneaker Villa. So again, 69-22, your final score, 91 points. In a barn burner of a matchup here tonight. But the extra Eagles will 
come back home as they will go back to Riften, take on Warwick next week, Muhlenberg the following week. So a nice little two-game homestand here on the back half of the season. We will bring both games to you right here on the Exeter Sports Network. So we'll be on the air about 6.45 next week. As once again, the 5-0 third-ranked Exeter Eagles will be taking on Warwick on Friday night, September 30th. Again, 645 right here on the Exeter Sports Network. Anything else to add, Darren? I don't think so. Fantastic game tonight. Great calling it with you. Even Jerry adding his two cents from time to time. You caught a football. So I don't think it gets any better than that. Of course, the Exeter win as well. They were aiming for the window up here. Because that was twice that I got hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good aim from whoever the cheerleader was. Maybe she'll be the backup quarterback. I was going to say, maybe they need a quarterback. <laughs> Certainly an option, but yeah, 69-22, your final score here tonight. Good win for Exeter. Nothing much more to say. Have a really great night, all everybody. Good things. All good things. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for your District 3 champion Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center on the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies in and Mikey LeBron, Realtor. Join us next week as the Eagles return home to the friendly confines of Don Thomas Stadium to battle the Warwick Warriors. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gelliff Media. Good night. Good night.